Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo! Yeah, sorry, dude. That just sounds so ridiculous. Thank you for tuning your eyes and ears to the dummy thick rhythm and flow of the one and only Sacred Icon Show. Sacred Edge, Sacred Edge. If you could only see, we're back with episode 93. Yippee! And it's been 84 years since I've seen this man's beautiful Middle Earthian like face. Who am I talking about? Well, all that and more will soon be in store. Guys and gals, it's the guy who loves Shang-Chi so much he saw it twice and potentially may yet see it thrice. Joshua Hargis. Smoke rises from the mountain of doom. The hour grows late. And Brian the Bane rides to Isengard seeking my counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Brian Arvett. Brian, bottoms up and the devil laughs. Gives you something to think about, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I hope some people out there have actually seen that video so that they can know what we're referencing, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Somebody out there Josh, has to. I had no idea Josh was going to do that opening, and I thought for sure that was going to be we we're going to cut that, but Josh was like, no, we're rolling with it. So you have my reaction to just laughing hysterically <laughs> at that opening, which is pretty good. Um, but man, it feels good to be back, guys. feels like it's been a long time. Coming. It does, man. Uh, it really, really Here we does. are. Anytime uh, we release do- an episode early, it's like one of those cases of where it's like it, it feels way longer than a, a week. And I guess it has been. But I mean, like, it feels like I haven't yeah. done this in a month. Yeah. Every time it takes a long time to get anywhere or do anything, I always picture like the Aladdin, uh, you know, Disney movie where it's like they're they're traveling through the, the sands. It's Arabian Nights. Arabian Yeah. But so uh, yeah, guys, we're gonna do uh, a little Rob. bit of a different episode this time around. We're gonna start. So we got a lot of news that's come out in the the realm of nerddom since we last were the, here. The realm of nerddom. The realm of nerddom. <laughs> My character's level Did you know? Too. Did you know? Did you get those teraflops I told you about? You don't even have the fire gauntlet that I got for seventy-two gold at a discount. Uh, did you go uh, lit uh, hide behind the rock at the dragon's keep? I, I didn't know you were supposed to do that. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, guys, we got a lot of a lot of news in the realm of nerddom. So we're gonna start with some of the Halo stuff that came out. Cover that. Then we're gonna go into we're gonna talk about the Matrix Resurrections trailer we saw. We thought of that. We're gonna talk about the Sony Resurrection. 
the Sony conference, which had like lots of good stuff. God of War, Spider-Man 2, a little game called Knights of the Old Republic, and some other good stuff. We're going to cover that, uh, kind of share our <laughs> thoughts on the current state of things, and then come back around to Halo again because we got some clips and some, some emails and stuff. It should be a good and fun uh, episode for you guys. So, uh, Good to be back. It is. It feels so good to be here with you, Joshua. <laughs> uh, I don't even know. As soon as you start singing, I have no idea where it's going to go. That was Yeah, that was good. I but like that. what I'm you flattered. did expect me to do was this early in the episode to go, I'm a spacebound rocket ship and now I'm spreading gloom. And I'm running right at you. <laughs> We're going to do it again at the end, too. We'll do a Patreon. Oh, I've missed fun. this. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's been too long. I thought, Josh, one of these days. It's been a while. Been, it's been a while. Since I last saw Joshua. Man, you really put on the charm there, that second verse right there. Mm. Your eyebrows yeah, I backed away. Yeah. <laughs> My lips move forward as I move back. I just picture um, you like on a, on a stage at a theater and just like the, 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 the bottom part of you is just like rotating around yeah. as you do that. Oh, yeah. Since I I've been... <laughs> Since I've been stirring around this See, when you do it, it's good. When I do it like that, it, it totally sounds like it's a, a Western, like it's something out of Red Dead Radio. Uh, Josh, why don't you try try give me the Spacebound song? I want to hear it. I'm a Spacebound rocket jump and fire, rocket jump and I don't know what's up. <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying now. That's great. That's great. Okay. We're goofy today, guys. It's going to be uh, fun. Love it. Um, all right, so for Halo news, a couple things I know we'll just quickly we'll, we'll cover. We're not going to go into, you know, if we had made an episode right after this came out, maybe we'd make a whole episode about it, but there's no reason to uh, go into that finite detail. We've, a lot of it's been covered already. Uh, we'll talk about the challenges uh, are going to be how you progress in the multiplayer. There's no XP. Um, we'll talk about the up, the update after the technical preview. We got the, the medals have been replaced, so the medals look a lot cooler. They had a lot of information the there. Metal. Of honor. Yes, the medals of honor, Josh. Um, we must answer the call of duty to talk about Halo. Um, and then we got uh, information on what our next flight's going to be. So, I don't know, Josh, what do you think? Uh, how do you feel about challenges for multiplayer being the way you progress? Well, with the free-to-play approach, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm fine with it. I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, I've never played the Halos as much for the progressional part you know i mean i know this is kind of different the way they're even doing, though you're competitive yeah i mean i'm just i'm more like my my enjoyment is more focused wholeheartedly into the match itself like just the actual gameplay experience of playing i think that's a people. very good approach to have i think so, it's the best approach honestly yeah I like so that. i mean i'm not as emotionally invested as into that kind of conversation but at the same time i mean i understand it's different like the whole lack of XP and all that kind of stuff, I can see where that's a bit of an issue and where it could be a problem down the line. But I feel like if it comes out and it doesn't go the way people want, that people are... You know, 343 would probably look to kind of shift yeah. some of that around. You know, I think they'd listen well, to that. We've seen what like, like EA did with Battlefront and all that kind yeah. of shit. So, yeah. They've clarified since that there's going to be cha daily challenges that are like simple, like complete matches to unlock the challenge. So it sounds like they've kind of rectified that for the most part. Rectify. Um, it's funny because I have two stances because on one hand, I'm like, there should definitely be XP. This is a weird way to go. But on the other hand, I'm like, truth be told, Brian, I don't I don't care about XP. Like, it's superficial. It doesn't mean anything. It's just mm -hmm. a little thing you see on your screen. Like, if it says you're a colonel or it says you're a commander, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, no makes you feel good, but it doesn't mean anything. So, ultimately, I don't really care. But as uh, someone who's going to, as an influencer who's going to talk about Halo, 
and and speak on it i think it would make more sense for it to have xp for sure you know? yeah i feel like i mean i think you're in the same boat but the only thing i've ever really cared about ranking wise with halo was the one to 50 you know what i mean like yeah. anything else they Which want to do not like coming back anyways right you know? but anything they want to do is like that's fine like I, I don't have i'm not invested enough to care in the sense of like i'm not going to be upset or really bothered by anything i'm just like yeah. eh, i'll try it out see how it goes but um yeah i'm just as long as the gameplay's fun and it's been it's been fun from what we played. Uh, then I'm I'm good on whatever yeah. they want to do. I'll try whatever they want to do out. What do you think about the they had the the uh, Inside Infinite or well I don't know if it was actually Inside Infinite. I think it was just a uh, technical preview like stats and telling you how things went. They were talking about things that were received positively, things that weren't. Um, one of the things I was surprised by, which I'm actually personally happy by. I don't know if you care cared or not, but the hammer, stats. the the gravity hammer, seems like it's being left alone because most people seem to like it. Where I'd seen a lot of the community say they did not like how the gravity hammer handled in this uh, new version, because you know you have to kind of like throw it over your back and, and like a like almost like a sledgehammer, yeah, you know, infinite right. opposed to the original. Sounds like they're keeping that the way it is. Um, I know a lot of people complain about how the metals looked and their size and everything on the screen. Do you remember hearing about that? Because they've, they've they're fixed they fixed the metals. I did up. see a little bit of that, man. Uh, but man, I don't know because like. I think with the hammer, the only I love the animation going over me the head. Too. I feel like that makes it feel that makes it look like it's going to be powerful. For me, the problem is is it doesn't swing powerfully. You know, like when mm-hmm. I actually slam down and hit somebody, I don't feel like the big boom. Well, it doesn't have the gravity aspect that the other ones did. Right, it's more and just I don't like see a regular a huge, hammer. Yeah, right, right, right. And I I don't see a huge uh, like the grenades. The uh, explosion doesn't yeah. feel like as. Uh, impactful yeah. as any of the other that stuff too like the needler how it didn't sound proper and stuff like that like it sounds like that's going to be fixed up yeah um, but Which we a, figured we figured that kind of stuff yeah. would be tweaked so yeah i mean this is something that i think uh alex and i talked about in one of those one of our youtube videos that youtube.com slash sacred icon better believe it josh go like and subscribe. subscribe ring that bell i'm on it right now I'm going to ring that Taco Bell, baby. Thank you, Josh. If you just now subscribe to Sacred Icon, I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, no, but what, something that uh, Alex and I touched on, which I think very much applies here, is when it comes to transparency uh, for 343, like just looking at this article where they talked about the positives received and things they might change, mm-hmm. the transparency is next level. It's God tier. I mean, there is no developer out there with the level of transparency that 343 has. But where this gets... Can, can what's the word I'm looking for, conflated or confused among among the Halo community, is a lot of people say, oh, they're not transparent at all. We haven't even seen trailers. We haven't even seen more gameplay. When was the last time we saw campaign gameplay? That's not really what we're saying here. Um, them showing, choosing to show more campaign gameplay or, or have more marketing or more trailers or things like that, that's more content. That's more marketing. That's more like showing the game. But when we talk about transparency, we talk about their willingness to share details that... They don't necessarily owe us. The things they choose to share, they get in such granular detail and talk about it and write up these blogs and make videos and stuff like that. They're extremely, extremely transparent. So I think the transparency is as awesome as ever. It's still a, a thing that's definitely uh, the 343 has in spades that other developers do not. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's eager right now to just get uh, get closer to launch. I mean, we're less than three months away from playing Halo. Yeah, I think the only thing I want at this point uh, is it, it'd be nice to see it updated gameplay sneak peek of a yeah, campaign. campaign. No plot. Yep. I don't want any From plot it. elements, but just show me like... Just show us the just, same area. Yeah. Show, I mean, I would love that. I'd prefer that. But like, show, yeah, just show me Chief in a little skirmish. That's good enough for me. Yep. But I just I just want to see it. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty pretty rock steady when it comes to it there's a part of me though that's definitely shifted like i uh we're gonna get into it so i'm not gonna cover it too much here but i think 
I'm realizing I prefer better when there's more silence. And then within that time, enough news has accumulated behind the scenes that you can do it all in one go and have a mic yeah, drop moment. I'm with you. So favorite, we'll talk more favorite, about that in a bit. But yeah. yeah, my favorite launch to release of all time was Fable. Or not Fable, wow. Fallout 4. <laughs> Um, not my not the game is made out of like, sugar. <laughs> my body is made out of sugar. No, <laughs> um, no like Fallout Four. Fallout Four was a was a good game. It's nowhere near. You know, it's, it's not a game I write home about. It's not like Fallout Four was anything that blew my mind. But oh, as far you remember as that them, commercial for the where the Wanderer played and it was like a live action head. Uh, oh yeah, the vault uh, dude and uh, very dog very cool. Oh, yeah, but anyway. I'm just talking about for as far as like they announced Fallout Four in the summer and then six months later the game released and it was nice and easy. That is what I look to as my my preferred way of game releases. Um, I do think right now we should be, I mean, we're less than three months out. We have another flight coming up soon. I really think uh, they should be showing off more soon here. Like, and I'm with Josh where I'm like, don't show off too much, but at least like, let's get some things going probably. Cause I mean, I don't know, this whole, the whole entire experience of, of waiting for infinite and, and, and just the delay and then. Still a bit of a rocky works. place for me. So I definitely want to see them do something where they can get some momentum going back yeah. for everybody. Um, so, and then the next, the next biggest news for Halo is they come out and announce that they're targeting the next flight, which will have, you know, player versus player and big team battle to be September 24th. And they gave everyone about four days to sign up because everyone who signs up is going to be in it. Now, two things I found interesting about this. One, they decided to come out and announce the flight literally the moment the PlayStation showcase was starting. I, I have to imagine that was on purpose, but I also don't know why. Because it's not like that news of a Halo flight is going to blot out the news of Sony at all. If anything, Sony's going to blot out the news of Halo Infinite. So it almost makes you wonder if it was intentional, what was the point? And if it was accidental, where was the oversight there? <laughs> you know? That's a good way of putting it, Brian, because I think you have people out there who uh, are, you know, if it's Halo, that's their, Infinite's their be-all, end-all experience in gaming. And, like, yeah. that's going to... That's going to be the kind of thing where they're like, shit, I was going to watch this, but like, now my attention's completely taken away. But I don't think 343 was That's not the majority, betting. though. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think 343 was really betting on those people. I think it was a poor move, to be honest, because it's like, it's like when you see movie releases, like they delay some movies or hold yeah. off for game releases because they know there's a big one. And they know, it's not that they think their game isn't as good or whatever, or movie, but it's that they know that's going to have mass appeal and that they will likely not do as well. And get as much uh, reception yeah. or like attention, trying to do it at the same time. Weird move. Yeah, I think I would have. I would have waited like twenty four to forty eight hours after the showcase. Yep. Completely agree. It's like, Completely you know, agree. The news has all faded out a bit, and it's like, oh, here's some Xbox Halo news, um, or even. I mean, if they have to show it that day or announce it that day, even one hour before the showcase would have gave people some time to talk about it before. <laughs> I don't know, or earlier in the day. I don't know. It was just weird. No, you're uh, right. It was. My, my other question, which I wanted to pose this question on Twitter, but I thought it would attract a lot of negativity, which is not my goal at all. It's just a genuine question, but I know it would get spun the wrong way. My question is, you know, they're, they're so big on this whole um, insider flighting and make sure your flighting stuff's up to date and hammered <laughs> oh, over yeah. the head. They talk about it a million times. Every it seems like every person who works three four three is hammering over the head. They're, they made an instructional. Did you guys sign up for the infinite flight? Oh shit! Oh please, guys, got to. <laughs> uh, they even made a video for it. I mean, it's just a constant thing. And and I was at work yesterday, and this question came to me in my head. I was going, 
Okay, so they want to test, they said for this one specifically, now I, the, the first one was different, the first flight was a little different, but this flight that we have coming up, they've said they want to really stress the servers, they need way more people, they want to get way more people in, they gave us four days of notice to, to get signed up, because you got to be signed up by this Monday to make sure you're in, and my question is, if they want to really stress these servers and get as many people as possible, why are they still doing this like kind of confusing, a little convoluted flighting process, when most betas are just hey, the beta's live, everybody come in. Like, I, I feel like there's actually a really good reason, and I guarantee somebody at 343 could probably give us the reason, but I am lost as to what it is, because why make it so confusing? Now, I know, like, realistically, all you have to do is go to Halo Insider and click a few things, and you're good to go. Like, it's a super simple process, but when you try to do anything on a wide scale, the more you ask of a consumer to do, the less chance they're going to do it. It's just like YouTube and like and subscribe. It's like, if you can tell them, but they're not going to necessarily do it. So you got to tell them 20, 30, 40 times, and maybe they'll hit it on the 40th try. So, Josh, do you know why they're doing inside flighting, or why couldn't it just be an open beta? I wonder if it's like one of those things, Brian, where it's almost like you go to a like a shopping store, and they got like a rewards program, and you got some like big manager at 343 that's like, remember, the more if we hit that quota on those insider oh, yeah. program people, we're all going to get that bonus at the end of the year, guys. Get mm, them to sign yeah. up. There could Probably be something not. there, because they're, they're, they're using it for MCC something. and other things, too. A little something-something for the fans. <laughs> something, something, something for the employees. No, no, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. To give you an actual legit answer, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> it is awfully kind of strange how much that gets pushed. But at the same time, I think it is more from the the the, the point of like we don't want to hear people come at us and give us shit. Like you want to, they almost want to get ahead of that and be like, we've given you every chance to sign up for this thing, okay. and what we're saying that all you got to do is do that, and you're in, you're good, you're golden, baby. Just sign up on that website. But I agree with you at the Couldn't same time. Couldn't they avoid that by not, just having it open? I was just yeah. going to say, just make it open. But I think yeah. I think there's something to do with that insider program that uh, they they want to get people signed up for. You know? yeah. I think that's maybe it's something just, to do well, with that on the, you know, on the internal side that we don't know about, I think. Yeah, because I'm trying to think about it, because I'm like, well, maybe it's like they want to have a certain percentage of like PC, a certain percentage of Series X or Xbox One. But the thing is, if they're allowing everyone to sign up and everyone gets in, couldn't you theoretically have 70% of your uh, players be Xbox One? Like if the concern is having an uneven amount and they want to make sure they have PC, Xbox Series X, One, that could still not work if they let everyone sign up. But maybe it's, it's probably mitigated a lot than if you just had open beta. Because open beta, everyone who's got an Xbox in their house is going to hop on. Yeah. And they might not even care. I guess the people that sign up for the insider flighting are probably going to offer a lot better feedback. I think it is a little bit I think it kind of cool answers my own I, question there. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, I think when you do sign up, I think it has that kind of Q&A of like, what consoles do you own and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And for them, it's probably good uh, statistics and stuff the like that. The feedback's a lot stronger yeah. than just, yeah. here's the thing on your dashboard. That yeah, even if like no one gives, like for me, I didn't actually go and fill out any feedback which i should have but uh the fact that i still answered those questions still gave them yeah. some kind of stats that attributed to they did they send us things. one of those after q a questions mm -hmm. i did fill out for them nice uh, nice the yeah. better man <laughs> no i don't think did you get one uh i might have most, most people know. didn't get one i just know it came through my email so i filled it out but hell yeah um yeah so that's basically what's new for halo sounds like we'll be playing the flight with big team battle on how do you feel Josh, about the big team battle yeah uh, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what it's like because I, I feel like Big Team Battle truly hasn't been around in almost ten years. I'm excited to play it. I think yeah, this you're flight, right, actually. Jeez. I think this flight will be more fun. But if I have to be completely honest, and I know it's not the cool answer, um, I played Infinite already. I'm just ready for a lease. I don't need any more flights. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. 
Uh, really cool. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to playing that uh, when it drops, and uh, I'm going to have fun playing it. But, uh, you know, there's a limit to how much I want to enjoy before a game is actually officially released. So yeah. I've kind of reached that limit already. I think it's smart to do another flight, especially when we haven't really had any player versus player for the most part. Yeah, and I'm, big I'm team thinking like, new. I mean, you tell me but. if you disagree, but I'm thinking like, do the big team battle thing they're doing. That makes sense. I want to play yeah. big team battle against Sample It. After that, that's it. Yeah, Don't no do any more after, flighting. Yeah. Just do try to promote the game, the the narrative, show us a little bit more campaign, and just get on that marketing, and that's it. Like funnel me into that, and I'm good. Yep. Yeah, and it's weird because I think we're just I think we're in a different place than most people because most people are like, oh, life has been so difficult without Infinite. If I, I just want to play it every moment. It's like, I don't know. I mean, the flight is going to come and go, and we're still going to have to wait for release. I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm I know what it feels like to play Infinite already. That's what was so exciting about the first flight. Now, this flight will be exciting because you get to experience big team battle, but I know how that game feels. I know how it plays. I've shot the weapons. I'm good now. I'm ready for release. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, But yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's a flight. I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm going to be excited about it. I'm, I'm more happy for it. other people that yeah. need to play this because it's a want for me. It's not a need because I'm. Yeah. I, I know the game's coming, so... And as long as I don't get in a car accident and driving, so as long as I live, you know, I'm good. I'm good to wait and play it. <laughs> Josh has been saying as long as I live to see release for like games and movies for like decades now. Yeah. I remember <laughs> Force Awakens was about to come out. I was like, you know, I just want to live to see that and then I'm good. <laughs> and little did you know, you would have been a happier Star Wars fan if you just died after Force Awakens. Nah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the me and No, I'm saying that because Josh was, was so turned off by Last Jedi. I love Last Jedi, but I would just, you know. Yeah, 2017, I would have been like, yeah, that's, you know, I'm going to go throw myself in front of a bus beer bag so, yeah. <laughs> but then you would have missed mandalorian and all that good stuff that's so. true yeah. there's, you gotta there's a lot of good that comes but, with no. a little bit of bad so yeah but uh no yeah hate. so the uh the halo news you know came out the exact same time as the playstation showcase a lot of what we're going to talk about is that playstation showcase because there's a lot of good stuff there me and josh are really excited but before we get into that earlier in the day even before the halo news was the matrix resurrections trailer um josh i'll let you go first just what do you think about the trailer Man, uh, so this is is weird. I'm so excited that there's another Matrix movie. I'm like, wow, you know, this is one of those cases where it's like, I'm tired of sequels normally. I'm tired of reboots and all that stuff. But I'm like, oh, I love the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded Revolutions. I was like, eh. but like, I still miss being in that world. Enter the Matrix is one of my favorite games ever. Makes me miss movie license games so much. Path of Neo was a super fun game for the short time I played it. But so I love that. I never played Matrix Online. I was wanted to back in the day. That was one of those games that, like Star Wars Galaxies, that made me wish I had that kind of internet access and everything. But um, I was kind of, uh, uh, I don't know. My excitement was a bit muffled on the trailer because, like, it seems, I mean, it's the Matrix, so it's really hard to know what the hell is going on. But it didn't do a lot to, like, really excite me. The biggest takeaway I had was just seeing Keanu and Carrie and Moss again. Mm. That was so yeah. cool to me. Um, but uh, in terms of the plot, I mean, I, th- I know it's supposed to be continuing off of Matrix Online story. Morpheus died in that. And I think there was some story stuff about like trying to sort of bring back Neo in some way. So I almost wonder if this story is like a case of like, he doesn't know he's Neo. Because there's that one scene where he's talking to Trinity and he, well, he doesn't know which Trinity. And, he, and she's like, have we met before? And I think it's, I wonder if they're almost in this kind of like, limbo or maybe almost in like a sense of matrix purgatory and they they have to kind of Mm -hmm. find themselves again almost like lost in season six you know like i mean i don't know what do you think though um well this just kind of reminded me of this something we talked about probably been six plus months now on the podcast six plus months six plus months and 42 years ago six plus months 42 years gonna get my chevy 
Well, that's not bad. Not bad. I can well, do that. I'll say keep going, Josh, if you yeah. want. I, mean, I don't want to, though. I'm scared I'll like, and... immediately transform, and I'll get like a cowboy hat on and Wrangler jeans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arm and fleet. Well, we talked about like how people overuse the term masterpiece, and, and now a lot Definitely of the reactions overused. I'm seeing to the Matrix trailer are, I was blown away. And I'm just like, really? Because I'm like... It was a good trailer, in my honest opinion. It got me excited to see a new Matrix. I, I'm, I'm going to be there for this. But blown away? Like, either you were legitimately blown away. You're like, shit, blown away? You got me like, fucked up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Josh just has this dead stare in his eyes. <laughs> um, but I'm like, blown away? Really? Like, I, I, I'm like, either you have, have very limited uh, <laughs> amount of things you enjoy, and this is one of them. Yeah. Or your expectations are low, or you're also, or you're, are you, are you just legitimately got caught up in the hype? Because I'm like, I think it's a ladder. I think it's, yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah. Because I mean, it wasn't something that blew me away. I mean, really? No, it, my it, favorite it, shot that was non Keanu, non Carrie, was literally that hallway scene where like the one chick is like doing this like yeah. upside down flip yeah. along the wall. And it was a good like, trailer. Yeah, I mean, some of it looked very matrixy, but what's tough for me is like. You know, Some of it didn't look very matrixy. Exactly. Like, you have, yeah. like, we're not, like, when those movies were relevant, skin-tight leather, black, you know, head-to-toe clothing, yeah. and those glasses were, like, all the and norm. green everywhere. You know, and you think of movies like Underworld and, and some of the, like, yeah. uh, Queen of the Damned and a lot of, the, just the way that fashion was kind of at the time. Even but the aesthetic of movies like Van Helsing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's, there, there's sort of a gothic Victorian sense of, like, uh, aesthetic going on in those, and it... it Fashion's changed so much. Today as much. Yeah, so I'm like, I wonder how, like, maybe this movie could be 10 out of 10 amazing, but like, I don't, there's all, it's tough with these sequels that have such a yeah. gap in time because so much changes, and part of it that makes you feel nostalgic is the way things looked at that time because yeah. you remember that from your youth. But it's not, if it doesn't look like that anymore, it's harder for the story to grip you because. You're watching it because it's a continuation of something from your childhood. If I had to guess, this is going to be a case of like uh, The Force Awakens where Resurrections, everyone's going to go, that was good. It was better than, way better than Revolutions. You know, way better than Revolutions. Like, not we even can close. only hope. And then, so, like, you know, like, people walked out of Force Awakens, everyone was like, eh, well, it was way better than the prequel, so I'm happy. You know, but you saw how very quickly that changed and it yeah. became, you know, that wasn't the case. So I love right. the prequel. So I, I can see, like, if Matrix Resurrections is pretty good. And we get like a fifth one, then then the narrative later might change to, nah, I'm, I'm an OG Matrix trilogy guy only. You know, like Revolutions was that was my ending. You know, you can see that because because you get caught up in like, yeah, I think a lot of people didn't really care for Revolutions too much. I know I didn't, you didn't either, Josh. Mm-hmm. But people will, you know, as we get a new Matrix movie, maybe no, we get but two I or think three. I think I'm sorry. I think the girl that in I think the beginning of Revolutions that was with her family on the waiting for the train. In the subway station, mm-hmm. I think that's the girl in the trailer. That's the adult mm-hmm. woman with the glasses. I okay. think that's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, you could see the narrative shift too. You know, since these are the new ones, I like the old ones better. And you know, Revolutions wasn't that bad. It actually had a really good blah blah blah. Yeah, I can see that. So, but no, for me, yeah, I I thought I think the original Matrix is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. I think Reloaded is actually a pretty good movie that I often categorize as not good because it is literally one half 
of a film and Revolutions was the second That's half. Fair. It's hard for me because they were filmed. It was filmed at once, and it, it's it's even even when Re- uh, Reloaded ends, it's clearly cut with like a to be continued. No, I get it. It's uh, like Deathly Hallows one and two. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's not it's not movie, done it's like, like Lord of the Rings where yeah. it feels like it ends proper. It literally yeah. is done like Deathly Hallows where it's like come back for part two. So it's hard for me to disassociate that. Reload is pretty good. Revolutions, you know, a lot of that movie I just remember being. Um, the mech fighting in the city. Yep. And then That's a little bit, and then Neo suspended uh, blind. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really about that. So, but yeah, I'm really excited for, for Resurrections. My initial thought was like, did they make a mistake by making him look exactly like John Wick in every way? You think they would have mixed him up a bit? But then I quickly corrected myself and thought, you know what? This is probably genius. It's capitalizing on Keanu Reeves' current popularity, both in John Wick and uh, Cyberpunk, and just his his cultural awareness right now. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to help this movie that he does look like John Wick I, more than. I mean, I don't know for certain, but I feel like everything he's done lately has seen him in long hair. So I almost wonder yeah. if it's almost like a body image thing too, where he just yeah. he wants to keep the long hair. Well, he probably does, but I mean, yeah, I think it, it probably would sell. I, I could literally, I mean, it sounds silly, but like I could see the movie selling more because he well, looks like he does, you know. Yeah, I mean, considering we haven't seen the movie yet, just going off what I want from this movie, I would love, in regards to like the aesthetic and everything, I'd love for this to be a film that sets up a two and a three in the sense of like, maybe this one ends with him getting back into the Matrix and maybe in the next movie if they do it, then yeah. he'll be like more suited up. Even if he's got long hair, maybe he puts it back in a ponytail and yeah. goes like straight up Ronin style. Or but maybe like, in this this movie he goes he gets his hair cut off and he looks like regular Neo in this first yeah, movie. Yeah, we don't knowing. know how much we've seen, you know, narrative wise where it's at. I mean it's still weird to think that Batman trailer is only like they had only filmed like what, twenty something percent? I mean I'm way off, but it was like the they'd only filmed uh, so little of that film. Yeah. And we were only seeing a small time. Yeah, so it always makes me wonder, like, uh, how much of the plot. But it does also seem like they kind of gave a lot away. This movie kind of caught me off guard because, I mean, it's it's coming out this year. I mean, through the pandemic and everything, we're getting into this December. I was just talking with Jeff about that, like, a week ago, where we were like, yeah, it's supposed to be coming out this year. And he's like, where is it? It's like, they're not promoting it. But yeah. now we're there. So that's now good. we're probably there. Yeah, that's only. I like, wish there was a yeah. game attached, though. I miss it. So that's I'm realizing cool. it lately, dude. Just how much I miss movie license games. Okay, well, there's a topic. I will. I will say with like, on one hand, I do miss movie license games like you. Mm-hmm. But if I try to pull myself back and be objective, I think we're in the best timeline because they mostly were shit. That's my not for me. Opinion. But a lot so? were for most people. Yes, I. Okay. I, I, I think we, I think it was a good thing we moved away from them because we started getting games like Arkham Asylum and Spider Man, which are actual in-house like good developer games rather than the movie license ones. But I do miss them, so I'm with you. No, I know. I, and especially I, I don't think when you're they, wrong. I don't think especially when they knocked it out of the park. Like the Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of the King are amazing games in my eyes, and they were movie license games. Um, but and I yeah, also I mean, it, Jeff and, like and I got out Potter. of seeing Shang. Yeah, Jeff and I got out of seeing Shang Chi, and we were literally like. Where's the game? Like, I want to live right. in that world still. Like, like I don't do want to go watch other yourself. Marvel movies. I don't want to go watch co- or read comics of, like, yeah. 60s, 70s or whatever, Shang-Chi. I want to, like, dive into the game and play this one with yeah. these specific actors. I don't know. Just actually, a bummer, Josh, so. I think we pretty much covered Mass, or Mass Effect. Jeez, man, I'm a <laughs> I think we actually pretty much covered Matrix well enough. Um, yeah. Zero spoilers, because we didn't warn people. So, zero spoilers. Josh, how'd you feel about Shang-Chi? 8.5 rings out of 10, baby. Loved that movie awesome. so much. Seen it twice now. I might go see it a third time. I'm really just enamored. I'm going to see it twice. I have only seen it once so far. Did Erica like it? Oh, yeah. She liked it a lot. Uh, nice. she, she was She was more level-headed than me. She she gave it a... I think she gave... What'd she give it? She gave it a four out of... So five, eight. Eight out of ten. Oh, nice. She thought it was really good. She really enjoyed it. 
but she seemed to be more level-headed. I was caught up in the hype, and I was just like, this is so good. And she was like, she's like, well, if Black Panther's a five for me, this definitely wasn't on Black Panther's level. And I'm like, you know, that's fair. I, I, yeah, I personally could fair. see it not up there with Black Panther, but it was, it did follow a lot of the similar, like it yes. kind of gave us more of it that did. culture and that setup. Even the story, um, even the story premise, the way it flows with some backstory stuff. I mean, it's it's yeah. very very similar, and uh, I, I loved it, it for was that. Smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, very smart. Um, I thought honestly the only weakest parts of the film were some some very obvious CGI green screen moments. There's just a couple yeah. times where it's like you can see they notice the backdrop is like kind of very CGI. Yeah, um, things like that. Uh, but other than that, I thought the characters were amazing. Um, my my favorite antagonist ever in a Marvel film thus far um, was just. So multidimensional, loved it, loved all the actors. I love what it does for representation, uh, culture. Um, then that's exactly what uh, was so great and made, I think, Black Panther so much fun yeah. when it came out too. It's just, it was like, it had such a multi-layered, I don't know, level of enjoyment. I don't know. There was the movie, but well, there just, was just everything else about it. It's great to see it. that we're living, in, we're alive in this time where we as two middle-aged, well, well not middle-aged, why I say that, but we're we're older we're older not there than, yet. We're not young. We're not. Well, we are young, but you know what I'm saying. I'm almost 30. You're in your 30s. Yeah. To see two, uh, you know, 30 year old white men can go to a movie theater and watch a movie that has no one representing them and walk away being like, holy shit, that was amazing. How it should be. Yeah. I, I want I want to be that character because it's like how many times how many times in basically all of lifetime has a person of color or, or, or a woman or just some type of minority yeah. gone to see a movie and thought, wow, Neo's awesome from the Matrix, right. but I'm not a white dude. Or "Our Aragorn's awesome, but I'm not a white dude. Luke Skywalker's awesome. I'm not a white dude. It's like it's the same story over and over again. Well and I'm going, I'm walking out of there. Like I remember walking out of uh, Black Panther and thinking, man, T'Challa's so cool. I want to be like him. Yeah. But I don't look like him. I'm not like him. And that's, that's great that right. they have that person. I have 50 million white dudes that I can feel like I right. step in their shoes. I walked out of Shang-Chi and I'm like, dude, Shang-Chi's badass, yep. but I'm not like Shang-Chi. You know, I'm not, I can't step into his shoes as much. And that's so cool that they do. And it's so cool that for, for once we can watch these movies and think I'm envious of how cool that person is. And right. I'm not like them because you know, how many people have we met that are, a person of color or, or gender, different gender or whatever. And they love Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, absolutely. You know, so no, I, yeah, I think you really said cool. it. I think that was so perfectly said, Brian, I, I agree wholeheartedly. That was part of the, what made it so much fun for me and the lasting effect it's had on me. It's just like, it's a, it's, you know, and just the movie itself in, in terms of the culture and just where it's they go. Is it's, it's, it's like a different world in a sense than what we're used to. And it's just like, that's so fascinating to me. And it's so uh, inviting at the same time. Yeah. Just so, I don't know. So damn cool, and that's what Black Panther did too. And Black Panther, I think the the composer was Ludwig Göransson, the same guy who does the Mandalorian stuff hmm. and the music. And that I remember just the music in that, even though it's not like the MCU films aren't known for their like standout music, unless you're like counting the Avengers theme. But like aside from that, people don't talk about oh, remember the score from Civil War? So good. yeah, people yeah, don't talk about really. that. But Black Panthers and this one, oh. Oh, oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one you made up on your own there at the end. It was. That was. Not as good as yours, though. Give me the hit, Brian. Oh, oh, ta 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 Oh, that Shang-Chi. Oh, got mashed potatoes. Oh, fuck. No, I think for me, my only criticism would be, whereas Black Panther felt like a super strong act one, two, and three, Shang-Chi felt like a super strong act one and two, and an act three that was a little off, 
but still phenomenal. Like Act 3 felt to me like it escalated a little quickly, then also went on a little bit too long. And I think Erica felt similar. But mm. when I say that, that's me trying to trying to criticize. No, All three acts were great, and it was a great film. But like, it's where I watch Black Panther, I'm like, I don't remember a single weak moment of that film. Five out of five for me. I watch Shang-Chi, I'm like, there's a part where, once again, I don't want to get into spoilers, they get to a certain area, you know, in the later half of the film, and there's some like training and pre- preparation that takes place. It feels like it kind of just happened really quickly. And then the mm. final act of the movie went on for a long time. So it was just a little off for me. Mm. That's my only complaint. I'm a little different, but I kind of see where you're coming from. Because, I mean, like if if there's a beginning, middle, and end to yeah. the to each act, I thought the beginning of that third act where they got to that place slowed the pacing down a little. And yeah. I actually liked it. I wanted that. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked how long the rest of it was, personally. Yeah, but it felt like it just you know you you're, you're like if you're in a car, it feels like you're going like seventy miles an hour. Yeah, and my attention span is loving it. But then you get to that part and you have to kind of like slow down and go like thirty five, and and it's just it's like immediately whoa. right back to ninety. And then it's a real, and then it tries to jump back up to seventy. And I, I love that it went back up to seventy. And I liked. I think it was important that it went down to thirty five because we needed some. There was important exposition yeah. in those moments, but it just it still just made it flow. I think a I would have traded a little seventy for some more thirty five. I think that's what I'm saying. You traded know? more seventy for a little thirty five. We better copyright that because that's going to be a. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, like, no. Thirty five. That's why I love country roads. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day we'll talk more about it in detail. But just I will yeah. say the last like. 30 minutes even is just like unlike anything I feel like I've ever seen visually, visually in a Marvel just film. Sp- visual splendor. Visual splendor. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be a nice podcast title. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. sweet. I don't know. That's nice. Know. We'll, th- we'll yeah, think yeah. on it. We'll think on it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's... Think uh, on these think nuts, that, Brian. Oh, man. Ugh. That's... Uh, <laughs> caught me off guard there. <laughs> I don't know what to... I don't know what to... It's uh, been too long. guard here the, soon. You'll hit me with the Josh hit me up the, the sound and I'll there was like, no ah. D's nuts in the last episode because it was a guest episode so miss you Brent yeah yeah, yeah. that that uh <laughs> kind of threw me off there but yeah so yeah right now me and Josh are I guess you could much- say I got him got him <laughs> uh, <laughs> you smiled immediately <laughs> yeah continue man. Uh, I'm sorry but no I'm sorry. to end to end our movie segment no me and Josh have been really into middle earth lately we was we had to we had to deny ourselves of of talking about doing like a Hobbit or, or Lord of the Rings episode today, but we're really into that right now. I just got my Lord of the Rings and Hobbit 4Ks. Uh, Josh has already had them. Josh is wearing his Lord of the Rings shirt right now. We're really in that Middle Earth mood. You know, might have been, but that's all right. Yeah, like okay. let, let us d- start demanding uh, Middle Earth episodes if you like that or if you want that, because that's what me and Josh really want to do sometimes, and we're just like, oh, we got other stuff to talk about. But yeah, yeah so I think that's pretty much pretty much it for uh, for movies and stuff right now. Let's go into the where the big heavy hitter news is going to be. That's the PlayStation Showcase. Um, Josh, they opened up pretty much with announcing a remake of your favorite game of all time how do you feel about that man that was weird dude i just watching a i think i was watching amazing spider-man with dad and like it i saw it pop up on my phone and then suddenly like i think prey tagged me like twice in discord he was like joshua joshua <laughs> and then I, I and then i think Corey was in there and then I, I i saw the tweets blowing up and i was like you know it was like oh fuck you know what <laughs> and i'm racing right. on my phone just trying to scroll and see all this stuff and catch everything like, you know, is this April 1st? You know, I'm like, what is going on? And then seeing the images and I'm like, there are some who said this day would never come. What are they to say now? He's referencing KOTOR remake, by the way, since we haven't said it. Yeah. uh, It's just incredible. I mean, 
amazing to see. It's it's kind of fucked up that it's going to be a PlayStation timed exclusive because it's just a weird... It's such a complete opposite way of doing it. I'm not used to seeing a lot of games do that. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but I couldn't... You know, if you asked me right now, I honestly couldn't tell you. But I'm just happy it's a thing. It gives me a reason to get a PS5. I've wanted a PS5, and Miles Morales is really the only game that's pulled me in just so far. But it's not playing. enough. Yeah, nice. Um, are you are you liking it? Yo, yeah, I love it. It's just uh, with the you know not to go off topic, but the, the Spider-Man games, the the Insomniac ones are super good, and I really enjoy them. But for me, they're kind of one and done experiences. Mm. They don't really hook me the way like the Batman Arkham games. I found so replayable. And I don't feel that with Spider-Man. It's funny for me because Batman and, and Spider-Man are like my two favorites, like one yeah. on the DC and one on the Marvel. But then it's like the, yeah. Marvel or the Marvel Spider-Man reminds me so much of like it's the closest I've ever felt to like Rami's Spider-Man, more so because the soundtrack and mm-hmm. also because it felt like a, it felt like a thorough experience of story as opposed to just 10 hours or something. But then, yeah, I don't know. The Batman games, I don't enjoy them as much. But overall, Batman absolutely love more. Catwoman absolutely yeah. love more. So that's know, what's interesting know. is like I, that's I know it's actually it is a hot take. It doesn't seem like it should be to me, but I, I just think the the Batman games are, are mostly so much better done than the Spider Man ones. Which I, nobody feels that way but me. I just I just feel like the I do combat, feel differently, but I don't I don't blame you. I mean, I, I kind of associate with you game. I associate you with those games a shit ton, so I, I can see why. I I, yeah. I remember guys Brian taking off work when we were still working together. Arkham Knight was coming out, and I didn't I wasn't super super excited for that game at the time. I, I was gonna get it, but I wasn't like super anticipating it. Yeah. And I remember being at work the night Brian is in the midnight release line for that, and being so mad at myself that I didn't have the foresight to do the same damn thing. And I remember, <laughs> I can specifically remember being in this one particular aisle and thinking of you just trying to picture what that looked like, of you being in that line and going home and playing it. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, and then Arkham Knight was coming out and Brian was so hyped. And our Arkham Knight was a bit disappointing, but you know, I, I just think the Arkham games as a whole, I've had a lot. I, I, f- I just feel like they're higher quality. Well, uh, no, actually, let me take that back. I don't agree with that. I think the Insomniac Spider-Man games are just as high quality. I just don't find the story and the gameplay as engaging or as interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's not because it's Batman, uh, because I love Spider-Man as well. I just, I don't know, I just, I guess I do feel like Rocksteady did a, does a better better job, but that's just my opinion. I don't think it's Well, Batman. they definitely made the gameplay fun, and I don't think, if we hadn't gotten Batman, I don't think we would have even had good yeah, gameplay. because of Batman. Spider-Man, Batman I mean, it, it definitely, it that's it's that's the Batman games for the Marvel for the Marvel verse, you know, and yeah. I, hopefully the Wolverine game will kind of be the be, be the same. But more on that in a moment. Uh, Kotor, I'm super excited, but I, I'm I, the thing I'm most curious about is like, wh- is the gameplay going to be the same? I don't think it will be at all, and I think that's kind of the big question most people have now because is it that does. What you want? Well, I do prefer it to be like the original, but because uh, I'm someone, my favorite guys. I I don't know if I've said this on the show, but my favorite type of combat, my favorite type of gameplay is turn based. I didn't know that until I got older, you know, but being a kid in the 90s, I should have been playing Final Fantasy 7 and all that shit because it was turn-based and I just didn't I didn't know I was into RPG. I didn't know what an RPG was. So, I got into all that late and with, you know, western games, I mean, we don't most of us out there tend to prefer first-person shooters, third-person adventure games where you feel like you're constantly in control of the character as opposed to having to wait your turn. So, and, and Kotor kind of did this um, middle ground of like real time, but also turn based mm-hmm. um, with the like D twenty system. So yes, who don't have yeah. played it? Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. That's the 
that's a spiritual success. Dragon Age definitely Origin, specifically. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm excited because it does appear that they're trying to keep... There, I was concerned from the outside when I was hearing the rumors about this that it, they were maybe going to try to re-flavor some of the plot to tie it in with the canon because mm-hmm. Disney doesn't seem to want to promote stuff it's that's non-canon. non-canon. However, they now seem like they're getting more comfortable with that with Star Wars Visions coming out soon. You still have Star Wars The Old Republic that they've not shut down, which is not canon. Um, and then now the KOTOR in it because it says something like a legend reborn or remade. Mm-hmm. And you know, for you guys that don't know, anything preceding the Disney era of Star Wars is like like been rebranded as Legends. Like you, if you try to go buy a paperback book now that came out before the Disney era, it says Legends across it. So to me, that's their way of saying this is going to be like as much of a tit for tat remake as we can make it in modern times. So it's not going to be a canon game. It's not going to have happened, quote unquote. And that makes me excited because I don't. You know, can't people care way too much about canon? When I was a kid, I wasn't sitting there thinking about that as much as you know. Like when I thought it's about like, Star what's Wars. cool. That's yeah, it. I was just like, hey, I'm happy to be in the world more well, and like make my, make up my own canon as I go. I would always have the action figures going around doing different stuff where Han Solo would suddenly be knighted for his powers by Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, like I, I, I made it up as I went along. Yeah. So well, Josh, here's the, here's the only concern I have, and I, I don't really know anything about it, so maybe you can help me out here, but. What, what kind of threw me off about, so we have this, it is kind of weird how this was announced. So you have a KOTOR remake mm-hmm. that's at the PlayStation conference, timed exclusive to PlayStation, no involvement from EA or BioWare, and it's made by a company I've never heard of, Aspire. Yeah. So, so not only is it just an odd way to bring back a game, but I'm like, I don't know anything about Aspire. I know they did mobile Star Wars-like game stuff, but... To me, my cynic, the cynical side of my mind goes, is this actually going to be any good? Because Aspire doesn't seem like a AAA developer that I would trust, but I don't know them at all. And I don't have any hatred towards them. I just feel like for such a giant IP and for such a, mo- a beloved game, I've never heard of the developer. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm more optimistic for this game because of it. I think EA's done good recently. I thought Battlefront 2's story was fun, although that's a mixed bag. I thought Jedi Fallen Order was great. I thought what I played of Star Wars Squadrons is fun. I feel like I'm seeing EA get become more competent when it comes to making Star Wars games. And I know it's not just EA. You have DICE in there and a couple others and stuff. But I think they're getting better. You know, we know uh, um, Ubisoft is doing supposedly an RPG. Or I think that was officially announced. But uh, So we know that's what's happening. We know there's some other people doing stuff. But... Um, so from the get-go, I'm, I'm refreshed, right, that it's not EA, that it's just somebody else. I'm just happy to see what somebody else can do in 2021 with the Star Wars game. Um, that makes me excited. Uh, they've done a lot of ports more than anything. They've done a lot of, like, old Star Wars yeah. game ports to, like, PlayStation 4, I think some to the Xbox, things like that. Um, the fact that they've not done a full game initially, there's a part of there's a fleeting feeling of, like, anxiety there for, like, my mm-hmm. favorite game of all time. But there's another part of me that says... Man, the only studio I can honestly say in 2021 that I feel is consistently good and not throwing me for a loop at times is Insomniac. I think I don't even play every one of their games, but we know internally the studio does things really well. There's a lot of good vibes about them, and the games are received really, really well. They have found the secret sauce, it seems like. But you know, any other studio, whether it's Bioware, whether it's you know uh, even 343, it doesn't matter who it is. 
it's up and down as to whether or not the quality is going to be there or how they approach it. So like, I don't, I kind of don't care. I'm more optimistic because they've done, since they've done so many Star Wars ports and well, spent that time with the, the franchise, I feel like they'll have enough experience to know how to, to make this. And if this, I could be wrong, but if the, if this is their first title from the ground up that they're really remaking, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I, I'm sure they won't want to screw that up. And I, I know well, they know how important Now that you've is. been talking, Josh, I'm feeling refreshed because I just thought of something. I'm feeling like I'm feeling pretty refreshed by the concept of Aspire doing it because I don't, are you familiar with who Blue Point Games are? I've heard of them, yeah. I don't know too They're, much about them. Though. Blue Point Games are the ones that did the Shadow of the Colossus remake and the mm. Demon Souls for PS5 remake. Oh, nice. And basically, Blue Point Games, what they're known for is taking beloved games and rebuilding them for new platforms. They don't make their own IPs. Like, And the thing that's interesting about them is, like Shadow of the Colossus, they didn't take the code of Shadow of the Colossus original and update the graphics and animations. Mm-hmm. They rebuilt the game. Demon Souls, they didn't take the code of Demon Souls and add new animations and stuff only. They rebuilt the game. So... If you have a studio like Bluepoint that can come in and just say, like, because, like, Bluepoint's history is remaking other people's games. Aspire's history is remaking other people's games. And, you know, everyone who's played Shadow of Colossus and Demon's Souls, you've only heard good things from them. If Aspire can remake uh, KOTOR and it plays and feels just like the original, mm-hmm. but it's updated, that's going to win people over. Another thing that just crossed my mind is uh, Crash Team Racing, one of my favorite games of all time. Um, they didn't actually have all the code was lost for that. So Crash Team Racing, the remake that came out, Nitro Fueled, they literally set up a PlayStation 1 with CTR and watched it as they programmed it and remade the game frame for frame and animation for animation. So they're not actually, it's not like they're just running the old code. And you know, so much meaning to the word painstakingly, you know, someone says they they did a good job because because fans like me and my brother, we love CTR Nitro Fueled and it feels like the original but it's not actually original. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure KOTOR will be fine. I just, it is weird to just like, because it's almost like if it, in one sense, if they had said that it was being developed by Bioware, even though you just said, you know, the, the consistency has been all over the place, mm-hmm. a part of you probably would have been really excited to see Bioware's yes, game but again. on the flip side, uh, they did come out and say afterward, we did get news about how some former Bioware yep. employees are going to be um, kind of working on that game too. And that makes me happy. You have some of the influences there. So, um, I'm, you know, I don't even like, we don't even know what this game's going to look like. We don't even know. There was no release date. All it was, was literally just, it, it was almost like the equivalent of the next Elder Scrolls teaser. Yeah, we where started just like, Hey, it's happening. <laughs> you know, that's it. No window for any, Hey, take your time. Right. Yeah. If it's, if it's what you want, Josh, if yeah. it takes five years, but it comes out and it's I can wait, I can wait 10 years. Just knowing that it is officially happening now is a dream come true. And it uh, doesn't matter what it's going to look like. Um, in some ways, it almost doesn't matter what it's going to play like. I'm just, I'm happy for that. Because Josh has been saying this for a while. Because our friend Xavier, his favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy VII. He got the remake. My favorite game of all time is Halo Two. Got the remake. Josh is like, when do I get my remake? Now you're getting yeah. it, Josh. I mean, it's not like I haven't saved been... the best for last. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Uh, you're gonna give me a cavity over here, Brian. For... I was talking about Kotor, but Josh thought it was about him. How vain. <laughs> I just had to do it. <laughs> oh, uh, I deserve it for these nuts, but um, uh, no, 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 no. I overall, I, I just uh, what a time to be alive. That makes me so happy, and I'm sure there's going to be something in there I don't like. But honestly, I'm just so happy for it to even be a thing. That you know, you just reach that point where it's just like, 
I don't care. I'm just happy. I mean, I'm just excited. Yeah. I'm just excited for this to exist. Hit me up with the sound of your excitement when you find out that they're bringing in Hayden Christensen to voice a character for the KOTOR reboot. Oh my God! I love him so much! Hey, oh my, I had a really horrifying face when I did that. I have to make sure I never do that in public. It's horror. I just peel my skin down. Oh my God. It looked horror. like I was pulling like the, <laughs> looked like I was pulling flesh off my face. What in the evil dead was See, that? See, I actually do that more often. Usually I'm like, hit me up with the sound something terrible, but I was like, this is something great. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God. I remember when that happened, when the announcement that he was coming into Kenobi even, and I was like, Alexa, play Lovely Day, because I was just like, I was on cloud nine. I was just like, yeah. you know, some things you just want, you never know. You're, I'm so used to guys, the things I want is so not as popular, and maybe that's just part of who I am. Like, that's just, maybe I, that's maybe I go for that, and I don't know it, but like, I see other people get the stuff they want, and I'm excited. And some of it I'm super excited for too. But like, there's certain specific things that I want that I'm now just now starting to get. Like Hayden's coming back to Star Wars, Kotor's being remade. Oh man, I'm busting. I'm busting. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Hell yeah. Uh I mean, you had to get through. And I'm speaking for Josh here because I don't feel as much. I do feel similar. Well, I'm just gonna go in and say it. (laughs) Sequel trilogy. You got through the sequel trilogy to get to the other side yeah. with the stuff you really love. To I get mean, to the other side. Because we, we, both, we both feel there was real problems with the sequel trilogy, but whereas it's my favorite trilogy mm-hmm. of all three because I love Force Awakens and Last Jedi, yeah. Josh is more like, yeah, Force Awakens is great. Last Jedi was hard to get through. Rise of Skywalker's fun, but it's got problems. So, you know, Perfectly Josh said. Is, yeah, Ryan Josh knows is me more, so, well. <laughs> so well. Josh is more of said. a... Yeah, Josh is more of a someone who had a problem with it overall, but I also did too. You know, the sequel trilogy wasn't perfect, but yeah, so we got past that. Now we get to move on to Mandalorian. Yeah, but you know what? Head. Hey, you know what? I meant to tell you, dude. Uh, so I'm out over at mom's yesterday, and I was yeah. talking. I was like, I was like, have you watched any Game of Thrones? And um, she was telling me that she's she's watched some of it, just fell off because she was just being busy and getting into some other shows and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? It is time. It is time. I need to pick that back up again. So I might be dude, starting. I can't that wait to hear your opinion. Yeah, Brian and Even I if- talked. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying, even if you watch it and you have all the same criticisms and hatred toward, that everyone else does towards Game of Thrones final season, yeah, uh, just just the fact that I get to hear your perspective is, is something. Though I hope it it's better than it that. finished the finale and I hit you up and I tell you that and you're like, "What do you think?" And I said, "Bottoms up." And the devil laughs. That gives you something to think about, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I might actually I might actually start that back up soon, man, because. Uh, I don't know. I just it's the same thing for you. You just love it unabashedly, you know. Like you don't let that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I just want to geek out on on that show with you. I want to. Oh, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. hit you up, like in the beginning of the show, and be like, "Halo." You know, and just go. In a perfect world, we would have time to get together in person and binge the whole series together. That's what I would love with Taco Bell. And you could just stare at me the entire time for my reaction. Josh, what do you think? No, I hate when people do that. I hate when people are like. All right, I want to show you this thing. Now let me stare at your face the whole time and see if yeah. you like it. And then, but like, I get it though. Wait. I'm not. I'm that person, but I won't. I won't stare at them. But I'll be like, I, I want to show you this thing. Like, I have to. Oh, you. this part's coming up. What do you think of this part? The part happens two point point two seconds Watch later. What do you think of it? Yeah. Like, I haven't even processed it yet. Jeez. Gives you something to think about, doesn't it? <laughs> Gives you something to think about, doesn't it? That's the title of the episode, right? <laughs> the question mark. Episode ninety three. Yeah, so ominous. Gives you something yeah. to think about, doesn't it? Yeah. Mark. It's uh, like I'm. It's like saying I'm excited. But there's a difference between the period and then putting a question mark there. You're like, I'm yeah. excited? Or I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? Yes, Doesn't it does. It? <laughs> uh, um, 
But yeah, so then we had, okay, other announcements. We had the, uh, they announced Spider-Man 2, which is going to feature both Miles Morales and Peter Parker. Do you think they're doing, that's going to be co-op? What do you think about that? I don't think so. It's possible. I'm going no. I think somebody already said it. I'm stealing it from someone else. Somebody already said it on the Discord or Twitter. They said it's going to be like Arkham Knight probably, where you do certain combo moves and stuff that feature the other Spider-Man. But there's going to be missions where you play as Miles Morales only, and there's going to be missions where you play as Peter Parker only. I think but you're right. They'll come together, and I would—I'd actually kind of prefer that. Yeah, I don't—I don't want a co-op. Ex- you know, call me lame, guys, but like, I don't like co-op designed games. I'm not talking about Halo where it's an option. I'm talking about games where the entire central development point of the game is for it to be played in co-op. Unless it's the EA it. Lord of the Rings Return of the King game, because that was—I cool. guess that's that. true. That's an I exception. Also- I kind of see it, yeah, I mean, you're right, but I also kind of see it as a single player, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know, it's tough. No, but I'm with you, though. I'm with you, though. Like, I, I like co-op games, I like co-op experiences, but we got kind of an influx of that lately, so I'd rather too have much, a single Too much player. co-op. Yeah. No, thank you. You know, it's like, or even like... Um, too much because it's from the ground up. It's not just like, hey, this is Too much from the a, ground up. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. like Gears of War 3, which I love that game. If you play that game by yourself, it is so evident the entire campaign was designed around four players. It's also it's like uh, Halo Five Guardians. You know the entire game. It's so evident that it was designed around four, um, despite the ability to play it by yourself. Um, yes, yeah, so Spider Man Two. Um, what, what, how, and Venom. How about that Venom was wow. Venom, yeah. Well, we kind of cool. got that tease at the end of the first Spider Man. Right. But yeah. No. No. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just I'm just happy that uh, Venom's going to be in there. Like. I, I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, I gotta have Venom. I think of Spider Man. I can't wait till it gets to the like. No matter what anti or uh, anti hero or villain or whatever that's in there, I'm like, I always can't wait till they get to the Venom part. But like, Venom's awesome. I mean, Venom, I love Venom's Venom. awesome. He's not even my, my favorite villain, and I think it is Green Goblin when it comes to. Yeah, Spider-Man, my favorite but. is is William Defoe's Green Goblin. That's my favorite. <laughs> get away from sacrifice. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, back to formula. <laughs> It's just too good, man. No, oh. uh, but yeah. So obviously, we're both excited for that. That means you got to get PS Five since you can play Miles Morales. Exactly. We're gonna get into this by the end of it. So actually, I'm gonna shut myself up. Continue, Brian. Take us forward. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll remember what I was about to say. Okay. All right. Well, I was just gonna say. Uh, I mean, we don't have much other to say on that because it was just kind of an announcement. That's a long way out. 2023 could be delayed. Who knows? Then we got a surprise announcement that Insomniac is also working on. Marvel's Wolverine, yes. which got me really, ex- which is cool, and I'm going to buy it, and I'm excited, and I love this idea but. of, no, there's, oh, well, no but. it's actually really not a butt, if you nice. kind of think about it. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard Josh say nice to not a butt. Usually, he to- <laughs> I'm just happy. Boom. I was like, oh, I'm excited no. for that, so Well, the butt is, I was confused. I thought, well, this is cool. Insomniac cinematic, you know, video game, or video game universe is pretty cool with Wolverine and Spider-Man, but I was under the impression that the Avengers game that I'm not really a fan of was already a part of that. But now what I'm starting to hear is that's separate, I think, which makes me happy. If we can just have Insomniac only because I trust them, I would love to start expanding this. Even if it takes 20 years to get a roster of a dozen characters, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. This is this is cool. Yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. I think I I haven't played the Avengers games, but I don't like the, or the trajectory that they've gone with with that experience. Um, I think it just it visually looks the same, but because it's made by Square Enix and stuff, I don't think it actually is. So, like the Wolverine one, of course, like you already said, is a part of this Spider-Man verse, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy about that because when the, even the Avengers stuff was announced, I was like, God damn, y'all really just fucking hate X-Men, don't you? Because like, <laughs> how many years has it been since we've had an X-Men game? Disney, you fucking own. I'm sorry, I swear so much, guys. Disney, you own Marvel, and like. 
you're not even milking it when it comes to video games. Like, what are you doing? You're sitting on this. You know, it's it's like it's like Disney sitting on the Pirates franchise. What are you doing? And so the the Avengers things get teased like years ago, and then it comes yep. out, and it's like you're just gonna this is this is another like way of trying to capitalize off the the MCU, and it's like. You guys can do whatever you want. Just do it. But part of that is because on an outside perspective, guys, for those that don't know, you know, for the longest time, you know, Sony had X-Men. Sony had Spider-Man. So, of course, Disney Marvel is not going to want to spare. Fox had X-Men. Yeah. yeah. Yes. uh, Brian's right. Brian's right. I'm wrong. Uh, But thank you. But so because of that, you know, you get Disney who's probably saying, who's probably thinking, well, we don't want to promote these characters that we don't actually own and therefore kind of really have control over. So that makes sense. But now that Wolverine's getting his own game, and you know, obviously, Marvel, Disney, Marvel has kind of worked a lot of that stuff out. Makes me damn excited. And honestly, they're they're the most two two of the most popular characters within the MC. You know, I'm mean, MC Jesus or, within well, Marvel, Marvel. Oh my god, I'm yeah. all over the place yeah. within Marvel. So I think it's it's really good to do that. And I think if they're gonna go for some kind of similar similar formula of gameplay. I would. I feel like Wolverines would lend really well. I mean, a healing system, you know, and I can imagine someone trying to attack him and pressing like triangle to like, whoosh, you know, kind of counter it or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's, where the, yeah, it's not where I thought you were going to take awesome. that conversation, Josh. Because all I thought you were going to say is it's a shame how they did the Avengers because the Avengers, to me, no discredit to the developers and studio that I guarantee worked so hard, but it seems like. With the Avengers, they just they didn't take they didn't take the medium seriously. You didn't take any time to build up these characters individually through games the way you did in the MCU. You're like, give me the MCU version of that in a video yeah. game where they each and then and then not to mention it yeah. it seems so left low effort when they put out the Avengers game. All of the characters have their the characters' faces have no character at all. Yeah. It's generic. It's a generic, bland version of every character. Generic Thor, generic Black Widow, generic Captain America. You know, like in Spider-Man, and I know this is funny. I'm saying this because they ended up changing his face for the remaster. But still Spider-Man, not a fan. Uh, Spider-Man, they gave him a, a defined face. Yeah, they gave Miles Morales a defined like Mary Jane. You know, like all these characters. Mary in, Jane, Mary Jane, Mary Jane, Mary Jane. Ooh. Uh, you just took they give all these characters a defined, a defined uh, a face. You know, like you yeah. can if I say picture Mary Jane or picture Spider-Man or um, you know Peter Parker, you right. can picture their face or Doc Ock. They took the time, but with Avengers, it feels like it felt so obvious we were getting generic B tier version for the gaming industry. Yeah, it's like face like, template zero one. <laughs> they just like, went give, with it. <laughs> yeah, give me a three four year developed Thor game that's badass, and then yeah. take another three four years and do Captain America. And if you want to pull off an Avengers game that's mind blowing fifteen years from now, I'm ready for it. Well, I no think that's what's cool right about now. the dichotomy yeah. here is because like Square Enix just went ahead and did that, and we're like. We're going to try to do the bungee approach and do this live service thing. What better way to do it? But then Insomniac's over here, and they're like, whoa, shit. We so felt really confident about Spider-Man being good, but we didn't know it was going to be that good. Um, yeah, we want to do Wolverine and maybe potentially others. And I think if, if Wolverine turns out to prove successful, yeah. then I would look for Marvel to, to – I mean, maybe they've already decided that, but I would look for Marvel then to be like, we are absolutely going exclusively with Insomniac to build up this thing. Maybe it doesn't even have an end game of like an Avengers level thing, but just just the fact of having all these different games. I mean, can you guys imagine uh, how cool a, a Blade game would be in that same verse where you're going down in underground clubs and shit in the underground scene and like fighting vampires and slashing people with your sword and shit? Like so many different superheroes with that same formula, with that same type of uh, flow. I just, I, I think that's definitely what they should do. My one request for Insomniac is to do exactly what MCU does. It's what MCU is most criticized for. Stick to your formula and don't change it. 
just because that's why MCU's been so good. Is it, it, they, they found a formula, and they just continued to repeat it over and over again. That's where the criticism comes out. Oh, another Marvel movie. I know how this goes. It's the same thing every time. In some sense, yes. That's part but of it's why I love awesome Shang-Chi, actually. We didn't mention that, but, like, guys, there's, always, there's those few movies within the MCU that just feel so different, and you don't know what to expect, and you go in, and it's like, it's damn good Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, Shang-Chi, a couple True. others. I still think the those... formula's there, though, but I do think they do feel different. Uh, you're, I agree. You, you, know, you, you know, you're right. I think you're, I think you're right, too. It's like the formula's there, but they've added a lot of extra flavor, and, and they have... Mixed I could just be Guardians biased, because it's like, I didn't know shit about these characters until I go see them in that movie, and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know I could love a character like as much as I'm, as some of the ones I'm more familiar with, but here I am, yeah. loving them more. So, yeah, you're probably um, right. Yeah, so as far as big announcements for the showcase for us, the only thing left is God of War, right? Yeah, I think so. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, um, well, I'll say real quick just because I don't have much to say on it, but they did announce you know, uh, Uncharted uh, 4 and uh, Lost Legacy getting PC and PS5 kind of upgrades and stuff. And that's hugely exciting. I mean, I, I just went through the Uncharted series recently, and I think I finished, I think it was earlier this year or late last year now. I can't remember, but I finished Uncharted 4 and moved into Lost Legacy. And Uncharted 4... Um, you know, I, I can't wait for the day Brian plays the Uncharted series just so he can get to that you know, experience. It's interesting. My thought when they announced that they were going to have a PS5 version was, I'm not going to buy that. I already have the PS4 version. Why waste my money? But then I realized... It's us, Brian. <laughs> well, that's true. But then I realized I'm pretty sure we actually, we sold our physical copies of Uncharted 4, our physical mm. copy of Uncharted 4, and we never bought Lost Legacy. Okay. So I have the Uncharted collection digitally. But I don't have four Lost Legacy, so it's probably the perfect thing for me to buy because I literally don't have them. Yeah. Um, so, and Erica yeah. loves Uncharted 4. She loved it. She's beat. So good. She, yeah, she loved it. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Uh, cool news. Uh, you can see that, you know, the gaming industry is just, it's it's changed it's changed beyond, it's changed for good because PC is now a vital player for these console manufacturers, Sony and Microsoft, for getting their games out there. I think the only one who's going to hold tight is Nintendo. I don't see Nintendo ever put... Because no. Nintendo, even when nobody wanted their console, they're like, nope, you're not playing our games unless it's on our console. <laughs> yeah. I know nobody wants a Wii U, but we're still going to do... We're forcing the games to be there. i got to respect them always, for that because they've never really tried to yeah. even change that a little bit. No, I think they've even said something pretty harsh on record before by like, uh, you know, basically along the lines of like, You'll never play a Nintendo game unless it's on the hardware we set. We, you will we never play a Nintendo game yeah. unless it's on the hardware that we decided to be upon. No, Uncharted. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm definitely excited for any game that I love. Seeing, you know, getting a huge upgrade yeah. and stuff like that. That's cool. um, but with God, God of War, I'm actually surprised. I thought we knew it was called Ragnarok already. Um, I guess that was news. Was that just the I, general consensus that it would be? Well, I think like if I remember right, like when it was first announced, like the the le- the the Norse letters or whatever like signified Ragnarok yeah. or something, but now it's official. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was called God of War Ragnarok for the last year plus already. Uh, but I'm obviously excited because one of the best PlayStation exclusive games I played was 2018's God of War. Amazing game. Um, people are I really excited. I think today is the day that I started. Because last yeah, night really I got good. back from mom's and I was just, I was tired. So I went to bed after. But uh, Oh, I didn't tell you, Josh, before we got on here, I slept for almost 13 hours. Holy shit. Does your yeah, back hurt? I'm at the age well, where like if I'm, over eight hours in bed, even sometimes eight hours, my back is like, mm-mm. Well, I mean, Sorry. I do have, I, my back does hurt from time to time, but I got home yesterday from work and I tried to play some Spider-Man Miles Morales and I, was, I felt sick. I felt tired. I felt yeah, nauseated. I, yeah. I just didn't feel good. So I was like, you know, I don't want to throw this Friday night in the trash can 
but I think I have to for my own good. So I just went to bed at 6 p.m. Yeah. Do you feel better now? Oh, I feel amazing. So oh, I needed awesome. it. I needed awesome. it. You know, so it probably helps that way you can go do stuff with Erica today, whatever you end up yeah. doing. And then just, yeah. yeah, no, I'll have yeah. a fun. I'll have a good experience today because and sometimes if you push yourself, then you'll just make yourself sick longer. Um, but Friday walk, so Saturday could run. Yeah, there you go. Basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're um, sacrifice. I think God of War, you know, despite how much Josh loves KOTOR and despite how much we both love Spider-Man, I think the real pull for the, for selling PS5 no, is, yeah. is going to be God of yeah, War. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that's the big that's the big ticket item here. Um, a lot of people are excited for that. I think what ultimately, you know, we're excited for God of War, but moving past that already, because I know this is going to be the, the biggest thing we want to talk about before we go into some clips and emails and lots of cool stuff we got here, mm-hmm. is Josh and me were already kind of touching on this earlier. Um, for as much and jo- for as much as Josh and I have loved Xbox and been Xbox fans our whole life, it's just crazy how, in our opinion, you gotta understand, guys, this is a, our opinion only, so don't take it as fact or we're trying to force our our thoughts on you. Mm-hmm. Sony's just been annihilating Xbox over and over again for the last ten years, and it's just crazy because every time it seems like Microsoft's really on the come up, Sony comes out and, and says, "Sit back down, we're the boss." And, it, and it's always the case, you know, like I thought the E3, I know Josh felt a little differently, but I think Josh would agree the, the unanimous universal consensus of Microsoft's E3 presence this year was that it was really good. It was actually the best one. Yeah, Xbox One, now. yeah, I was definitely another black sheep in that where I was like, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. but it, but it, most people thought, yeah, that's the best one we've seen yet. Right. Well, then the Sony one comes out and people were like, well, the Xbox One <laughs> was nothing compared to the Sony one because yeah. the Xbox One, and, and once again, in my opinion, was basically like, uh, some stuff I don't really care about. Uh, okay, Halo, that's cool. Uh, yeah, this thing's cool. Okay, uh, some stuff I don't care about. Oh, yeah, it was okay. Show was fine. Yeah. You know? But then Sony, it was like, not only do I care about most all of this stuff, but several of these items are gigantic gangbusters. Like, your whole show could have just ended with... Like, they could have dropped Sp- Spider-Man, Wolverine, and God of War and just made it conclude with KOTOR, mm-hmm. and they would have won. But they're like, no, bangers left and right. KOTOR, Spider-Man 2 with, with Venom, uh, Wolverine, God of War Ragnarok. It's just insane. Like, there's a reason that Sony is so far ahead in the industry while their consoles are selling more. More people want to play them. When I go to work, I work at a hospital. There's a thousand plus employees there. Everyone's asking me if they know I'm a nerd. They're like, how can I get a PS5? How can I get a PS5? <laughs> Nobody wants an Xbox. I mean, Joshua Hargis has entered the chat. <laughs> obviously, there's yeah. people who want an Xbox. Obviously, Xbox is doing well. It's selling well. But the hot item is PS5. That's what's selling. And, and you know, the, the thing is, um, Sony was starting to win at the end of the, at the very tail end of the 360 generation. There wasn't very many exclusives. Sony was dropping stuff like The Last of Us. Yeah. Then that carried over into the Xbox One PS4. Obviously, they they completely bungled the entire reveal of the Xbox One. It was less powerful. PS4 took the lead, sold a million consoles, great exclusives. Finally, come end of the Xbox One's life with the, with the Xbox One X, um, we're starting to see in Game Pass, we're starting to see Microsoft you know, pick up and get better here. Then the Series X and the Series S are great consoles. They've acquired a lot of studios. They got Bethesda. So Microsoft's in a really great place. But you've seen just how bad Microsoft was defeated by Sony because Sony had so many great exclusives and they were selling so many more consoles that Microsoft kind of shifted themselves into a service. And they kind of just said, we don't, we're not even going to try to beat Sony anymore on their own ground. We're going to go our own direction. They got Which Game I Pass, ultimately they got- respect. 
Yeah, which I mean, it's smart. It's you know, if if you ever if you can't win, you pivot. That's how that's how you should. Well you said. Know, that's how well companies said. should work. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got Game Pass. They got X Cloud. They got all these different systems and 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 you know ways that you can play, which is so great. And Microsoft's doing a fantastic job. But it's just funny how Sony can continue to do the same thing, which is put out a good console, put out good exclusives, be quiet, and only speak up when they feel like it. What's been the conversation all year? The conversation all year has been, where's Sony? Sony doesn't have an E3 presence. Sony's not showing anything off. Sony's got no exclusives this year. I even saw people on Twitter, which was so annoying, who were like, oh, you know, Microsoft's got all these exclusives this year. Where's Sony at? It's like, not only has Microsoft been the guy without exclusives for a decade, it seems like, but also, you don't get po- I'm sorry, guys. You don't get points because Microsoft uh, money-hatted Bethesda to have IPs. I'm sorry. You do not get points. We already had those games. We had those games regardless of Microsoft's involvement. You can't say that Xbox is the best RPG house. You can't say that they're the, they have the best developer. Like In a sense, like they acquired them. So if you do feel they have the best developers, you're right, I guess, technically. But... Sony cultivated, uh, uh, they cultivated their, their, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, their own platform. They cultivated, their own identity? They, uh. their, their own identity, their own platform. I mean, they, they took these studios from the ground up. They made new IPs. They invested. They let studios like Naughty Dog venture away from established IP like Uncharted and do Last of Us. They let studios make their own games, the things they want to do. Right. And now we have Sony, who has cultivated this amazing place to play games with God of War, Horizon, Spider-Man, Last of Us, Shadow of the Colossus, Demon Souls. I mean, I could go on <laughs> forever. KOTOR. <laughs> Sorry. KOTOR. Well, you know, timed exclusive. <laughs> I know. Didn't start there. No, no, no. You know, I know. I know. I know. You know I'm just excited. So, Continue. Sony earned their way into the position they're at. They've earned it. You know, they they, they do great work. Xbox does great work. Wag, 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 But I'm sorry, but when you acquire Obsidian, you acquire Bethesda, all those things, we already had those things. And I also know somebody else out there is going, Brian, but they've announced all these games. Just look at look at this list of games that's coming out for Xbox. You're right. That's true. I am excited for Hellblade 2 and Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Dude, immediately you're like, I'm a, I am excited for Hellblade 2, Fable. <laughs> like I'm, well, the reason I put on that voice is because these games don't exist yet. Promises do not sell the console I mean, actually, promises, they probably do. To be honest, promises probably do sell the console. But I don't buy consoles for promises or things that are coming out in the future or hopes. And pe- I, I buy it for the games that are there now. And somebody's probably saying, well, Brian, you just talked about how there's Spider-Man 2 and God of War Ragnarok. Those games aren't here yet. Yeah, I know they're not here yet. But guess what is already here? The first Horizon, the first God of War, Demon Souls, Ratchet and Clank, the first Spider-Man. They've already done the work. And proven it, I have that in my possession, and then they're promising more, and everything about their history says I can trust them and believe what they're doing. Well, on top so of Sony, that, to add on to that, because yeah, you're right, and yeah. I agree, I think it's it's a case of like these things you're actually seeing, they're tangible things, you almost feel like you can touch, whereas like yeah. all the Xbox stuff is constantly far off. Oh, it's, it's coming you know? eventually, or you know, you're hearing about it, or you're thinking about it, or there's an acquisition coming. Like we didn't hear anything about the new Fable or Avowed this year. You know, yeah. which is understandable, but like, where was that? We didn't hear Hellblade two at first, and then and it, we only got a little thing after. Even even with titles like Hellblade two and Elder Scrolls and um, Outer Worlds, even though those games are going to be exclusive to Xbox, I still don't give them as much credit because we would have had those sequels anyways yeah. on multi platform had they not acquired them. Does that mean I hate that they acquired those studios? No. 
Uh, does it mean I'm not excited for those titles? Absolutely not. I think it's great. I think Microsoft's making smart decisions, but it's not the same thing. It's not a one-to-one ratio here. Like Sony is operating on their own terms and they're freaking slaying it. And that's just, that was a long, long way of like kind of describing my feelings and my frustrations with people because, <laughs> you know, we run a Halo podcast. We love Halo. We love Xbox. We grew up on Halo and Xbox. It's, it's Xbox has been our place to play for so long. So we feel like we're not being biased when we say, guys, wake up and smell the coffee I think, here. I think Sony I is killing it. <laughs> yeah, I think overall, Brian and I love Xbox as a brand more than PlayStation. But the reason we still play video games is because we like playing video games. And Sony keeps giving us really good video games. So it's like we want to be loyal. Well, not loyal. That's... That's to imply where we're, well, we're, we side one way, but we're loyal we just to something we like. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not I mean, because it's not brand loyalty as much as it's we like Xbox because we prefer it. You know, yeah. I guess. I mean, Xbox is definitely my favorite console brand for sure, but I love every console out there because they all do different stuff. And I mean, PlayStation is doing the things that make me want to play video games. Why I yep. play video games? They're putting like Xbox has the accessibility. But we still don't know how long it's going to take for them to catch up in terms of having these good AAA games. Like, I'm still waiting, like, for hopefully something like Avowed is going to be that quintessential Xbox experience from the ground up that's not a continuation of something that came before. Like, we need new AAA IPs from them because Sony just has them in bunches and they're still coming. And then you hear, like, hey, we got Wolverine even, like a new IP. You know, uh, yeah. It's, it's like, where does it end with Sony? It's like it's bountiful joy. Yeah, and I, I think games. that's what I was going to try to say earlier. And I didn't mean to cut you off, by the way. But um, no, you're good. But this all has made me realize that this is the approach I prefer. I'm an adult. I have a life, even though I kind of don't have a life. But like, I don't want to be kind of spoon fed the transparency. Like, it's nice. I think people like three four three. I think Xbox are doing the best they can. And in a lot of ways, we need it with Xbox. It's like a necessary evil because we don't, we're not in the position that Sony is in where we're getting, we're we're actually knowing what to expect from these games and they're coming out soon, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, it's understandable. They're trying to to give us something to hold on because we've already been holding on for so long. But at the other hand, on the other hand, I just love how Sony, you know, Everyone, you know, it's E3 and everyone's like, oh, Sony's not there. What the hell? And it's like, well, I'm not surprised they don't do it anymore, really. And then it's like, well, Xbox's show was really good. Sony's sitting there putting a chip in their mouth and they're going, okay, let me know how that goes. See you guys in a couple months. And I love that approach. I mean, because it's just, it's so confident and they're so self-assured. And when they drop those titles, you know, I was telling Brian this yesterday. I talked uh, to Brian uh, for an hour this is how much we, we talk. We haven't. I miss Brian so much. And in the last like two conversations we've had preceding the show, we were like, "Wait, I miss you, Brian. I miss you, Josh." <laughs> you know. But um, I was telling him that uh, you know, I it's just it's rare for me to experience um a game show, a conference, uh, an event showcase where the majority of games I'm excited for. Usually, it's like maybe one. So I walk away always kind of feeling like a little bit like, "Eh, this is cool," or "This could be awesome for those people," or "Oh, maybe I'll play that." And then there's that one game that you're just like, yes. But with Sony, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm busting. There's so many. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing that I think the way I would put it, and this applies to Nintendo as well, something that Nintendo and Sony are doing that Microsoft hasn't got down is Nintendo and Sony's past Mm -hmm. informs the present that the future will be good. Yeah. 
because everything I've seen, if you look in the past at Sony and Nintendo's games, the past tells you amazing games and lots of them. So you know that in the present... Are the seeds of our future are sown in our past? Sown in our past, exactly. Using Halo 5 to talk about how much better Sony and Nintendo are doing. Um, What a tangled web we weave. Spider-Man 2 coming soon to PlayStation. I can be in the present hearing about these future titles, knowing that it makes sense for me to be excited for them and to look forward to them, because the past has shown me they've already delivered that stuff before. Microsoft... They haven't, there's been, hasn't been consistency since the 360 era. It's always me wondering what's, is the future going to be better or it was, or is it going to be worse than the past or about the same? Another interesting thing that I think a lot of people could resonate with, Josh, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't don't know your answer, but I can guess what your answer is probably going to be. Josh, if you can only choose one of these things and the other one will never exist, would you rather have Game Pass gets an extra 10,000 titles? And it only costs 50 cents a month. Or KOTOR Remake. The other one doesn't exist. Oh, man. Selfishly, of course it's KOTOR. Exactly. Because it it's it makes sense. It's logical. You care more about this phenomenal game experience. Yeah, if I'm a have. consumer, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with KOTOR. If I'm in a business, of course I'm going to go the other way because I'm like, there's so much more financial potential well, yeah, it's like, success there. But like as well, a that's fan, what I'm saying. Yeah. This is the difference between Sony and Microsoft because it's like, yeah, Game Pass is great. Yeah, accessibility options are great. Yeah, the fact that I can design my own controller and have it sent to me is awesome. Uh, the fact that I can pay for my Xbox and installment plans is awesome. Yeah. All these things are great, but what do we ultimately care about at the end of the day? I want that KOTOR remake. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care about this great Game Pass deal that's got... A, Freaking million games for no Well, because within accessibility, it's such Kotor. an ambiguous thing, you know, whereas, yeah. like, these are it's tangible these are tangible games that have, you know, an actual experience, you know, you can look forward to. Game Pass is this, is this in this nether sphere of, like, there's all these different titles, all these different experiences, but then Sony's like, here's a few, you know, AAA games that we know, that you, is, want. That we know you want, and it is, qua, <laughs> I'm trying to say this right, quality over quantity, whereas Xbox, yeah. like... We're not quite there yet. We do we plan to get there. Yet, so We're sorry. You have to hold on. Like I think I think Xbox is doing as best they can with it, given the situation. So I think Game Pass is brilliant to kind of tide us over. I would say they're doing good. I would say they're doing great. Right. Yeah. They're and, just and, not doing Yeah, what? and to be clear, guys, like, I mean, I feel like it goes without saying, if you've listened to us at least more than once, but um, we love Xbox. We love PlayStation. Love the Nintendo. Yeah. When we say all this stuff, it's all with love because uh, we're not... We used to, I mean, we used to have our fanboy moments as a kid, and who didn't? But, like, it's honestly just, we love it all. I, I like that every one of them does something different. Brian enjoys every one of them. Brian's more of, a, like, even a Nintendo guy. He loves, he tells me so much off air how much he loves playing his Switch, how much he is just having so much fun with that, and the physical games coming with manuals, and how big that is for him. You know, I'm still waiting for that kind of game, whatever game it is, to kind of pull me over to make me say, okay, I'm going to buy a Switch, and then I'll try out these other games. But... You know, I think that's awesome. And it's like, I, I, whenever I see Nintendo come out with something and people go crazy like a new Zelda game, I'm super happy for them because it's something different. When Xbox is like, hey, we're going to do something like The Ascent or we're going to do, you know, I don't know, this or that or whatever. they got. Like a vow just makes, I'm so excited to see what that is. You know, that's a huge one for me. I'm just so anticipating. But then you got Sony who's like, I'm going to give you Last of Us 2. I'm going to give you, you know, a new Spider-Man sequel. I'm going to give you, oh, you, you like got a war in 2018? Guess what? Here it is, finally, the sequel, you know? What's the last game Microsoft released that the industry stopped and turned their head towards? It's been... Right now it's infinite, but it's not out yet. And if it's been anything, 
it's mostly been sequels. And you guys listening, Michael, well, Josh, were in a lot of those games that were announced at the Sony show showcase sequels. Yes, totally. yeah. but those games, right, guys, that have been announced and the sequels we're getting are games that like were new IPs in the PS4 era. There weren't really any successful AAA new IPs for Xbox yeah. in the Xbox One era. So we're still kind of pulling from this nostalgia. It's Right now, Xbox is like a retro machine. PS5 is in the future. And it's cool because when you put them both together, they both offer your past and your future. But at the same time, you know, especially as being Halo fans, we want the Xbox to represent this all-in-one thing, which it seems like they're going for. But it's like we still don't know how long it's going to take to get there if it even does at all. It's just crazy like, right now. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. As a ga- as a gamer in 2021, like what what am I holding my breath for on Xbox? It's the next Halo. Still, you know, yeah. 20 years later, what am I waiting for to satiate my desire as a gamer on the Xbox? It's the next Halo. That's usually there was an era in the three the 360 had this really sweet moment of of there being lots of games, but you know for the most part it's just been waiting for the next Halo and it's like I, I wish and I think we're getting there because they've acquired all these. I know a lot of people listening are probably like, but they got Bethesda. Yes, yeah, I think we're getting there. Yeah. We are getting there. We're getting there. But for the longest time, it's been Halo is the lifeblood of Xbox. It's the it's the thing that's keeping them going. Even I I think MCC is a large. I can't imagine how many consoles would not have been sold if MCC didn't exist. Because for me, the re- MCC, and obviously it didn't launch this way, but MCC in its current state, or even the state it was in several years ago, that game, that experience, MCC, is worth a console purchase alone. It is such an experience. It is such, and so many people have bought that. So mm-hmm. once again, Halo is just carrying the brand. I remember when Gears Five came out. I was I was a little excited for that. I, I bought it. Yeah. I, actually, I game passed. No, I'm not gonna lie. I was a, well. I, I game passed it first because I wasn't sure because they switched the the main characters. I was like, I don't know about this. I game passed mm-hmm. it, but but even Gears Five, I didn't feel like people looked at Gears Five and got excited for Gears Five in the way they no, were they promoted it terribly. So no, so like God of War and stuff like that. Stuff that people are just getting like getting their jimmies all rustled as Fobear would say. <laughs> um, nice. That's not happening as much for. for well, I just like I, I think you know you play PlayStation right now because. You know, if you're someone who wants to experience, get new experiences, even if it's of familiar franchises, you go play PlayStation. You go play stuff on the PlayStation. If you're someone who wants to have accessibility and be able to play games from every era of Xbox and relive all your memories and maybe get some sequels from old favorites, you play Xbox. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the thing with nostalgia is it's a finite amount of joy you can milk from that because yeah. like halo halo infinite is just not the be all end all for brian and i like we love it we're so excited for it cannot wait to play it and just be a part of its lifespan but like it's not enough it's not enough and there needs to and be we, more and we said this on the phone and we'll say it on air here like if josh and i had to choose from halo infinite or that entire suite of games that was announced at PlayStation, we would give up Infinite because just yeah, the games. Yeah, whichever one listening to this is like, drop the mic or drop, I mean, hold the phone. What the we fuck? Have, we have, a, you know, half dozen plus Halos already. We've, we we love Halo. We're excited yeah. for a new Halo. But, you know, we're, we're I'm 29, Josh is 32, right? 32? Yeah, right. I'll be 33 five days after this 33, next flight. 33 soon, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just like, you know, we've, We've been playing Halo for a long time. There's enough Halo out there, but mm-hmm. Sony's doing new stuff, unique stuff. That is catching our eye more. And like Josh said, as the, as the kind of gamers we are, we'd rather have like these few select quality experiences we can look forward to than 
here's this cheap thing that Game Pass is full of so many games you'll never have time to play. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, again, go just just to reiterate, like, PlayStation, you play because it's new experiences, whereas Xbox, you can play most of their new experiences on a PC. So you have a, if you have yeah. a PC, you don't even need the console because there's not too much yeah. there to really necessitate spending that much money to have that experience, you know? Especially when, like, really, like, if you buy a Series X... It should be seen as a benefit... Absolutely, and I think it is. Again, like Brian said, I think I think this is the best approach because this gives Microsoft their own identity until they can really go toe to toe with Sony. They might not even be there until the end of this generation. You know, I don't know, but like in terms of just really having a huge offering of AAA exclusives, they're not there yet. And when they're there, like guys, let, let me paint this picture for you real quick. If you took everything that was announced at the Sony showcase. And you said this is all day one Game Pass games. Imagine how much we'd all be bussing. Like, mm. but Microsoft doesn't have that at all. Like, I can't wait for the day when they get their AAA games and all their AAA games are coming day one exclusive to Game Pass. Like, that whole idea, that notion, that wording sounds amazing, but I haven't really gotten to experience some AAA game that makes me so jazzed that that really feels like a badass thing. It's cool, but I, I feel like, I don't know, it's just, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. It's interesting how each console has kind of put themselves in their own position. Uh, Nintendo kind of deviated. They they took over the handheld market. They Mm -hmm. own that place. You know, if you count the Switch as a handheld, it's got like, I think, near 100 million sales. You know, Sony used to try that market. They're out. Microsoft never really tried it. I guess you could say they're doing it with xCloud, but it's not the same. Then then, uh, Microsoft is trying to take over the whole services and accessibility option. And then Sony's kind of the only, Sony's kind of the last standing pillar in the traditional sixty dollar amazing well seventy dollar I guess on PS Five now seventy dollar amazing single player experiences and like they're they've kind of stood in that straight line we've been on our whole lives with gaming where where Nintendo and Microsoft have had to adapt really I mean yeah. Sony hasn't had to adapt like they have had to they've just kind of continued to do their own thing I know they made a big misstep with the PS Three but they still kind of stuck to their guns because what made the PS Three so good. It had the game still. Like the PS3 had amazing games on it, despite the issues with that console. Well, I think you're right. Like you look at Nintendo. Nintendo kind of started a lot of it. I mean, it wasn't the first, you know, home entertainment system, but like it's what stuck around. It was the first one that was like, "I'm here to stay." And then PlayStation came in in the '90s, and you, you know, American audiences were really able to experience a lot more. Um, uh, to get a lot more experiences from you know Japanese developers and stuff like that in a modern age, and then Xbox came in later, and you know they're the youngest of the three, yeah. and they're still around thankfully. Like Sega, you know, you know what happened to Sega? They folded unfortunately, and you know so many other things that tried to be something didn't work out. Well, Xbox is still here at least, and Xbox is still trying to figure things out. And a lot of times, I think fanboys sometimes expect xbox to just have their shit together and it's like well when you look at it like in terms of like how long all this has been going on i can't really be expected to do that that's not really yeah. fair to them you know so josh let's go I, I don't i don't remember what our scores were i know mine was really good for the xbox showcase i think i said 8.5 or 9 i'm gonna say i said 8.5 I, I know you said something low what do you remember what yours was like six or something yeah, I think it was around like a 6 out of 10. I don't really remember too much now, but it was, I don't know, even now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, 4 out of 10 maybe, which sounds so harsh, but I'm not trying to diss it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick with my 8.5, but Sony definitely like 
put a different context around it because of their showings. I'd give Sony a 10. What would you give Sony? Oh, man. I'd give him a 10. I'd give him a 10. Yeah, I mean, That's hard for me to even do that, but... Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, what more can you ask? Well, it's right? just like, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love seeing people on stage. I love seeing Phil Spencer come out in, in his graphic T-shirt and saying, gaming. You know? Like, I love that right. stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, man, it was just so cool to see all these games that I didn't know I was excited for that I realize I am. And it just to go on and on and on and just kind of go into that. It was just so More well. excitement after more excitement. Yeah. Man. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Well, okay. Josh, do you want to go? So it's been, it's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, since we had guests and stuff going on, you know, different recording at different times, we've we've gotten emails and voice clips that have stacked up. Obviously, mostly about Halo. We got a couple longer voice clips uh, mm-hmm. from a couple people. We're gonna save those guys for next next week when we do like a Halo specific specific episode. I think. Yeah. So I'm just gonna c- touch on the couple emails we got. Then Josh has some some reviews. Yeah, shout outs. we're gonna we're, we're definitely gonna answer that stuff. We just know this one's a bit kind of a little more all over the place topic wise. So definitely gonna save that for a little more of a Halo centric episode for sure. But we, we yeah, I think that'll make sense. That. Can't wait to how hear long them. they are. I don't even know the topic. I mean, I know some of these were like I know our buddy Tony was talking about some of the stuff going on with Halo a couple weeks ago. So now it's I miss his voice. Things. I love yeah. when he I beautiful love when he voice. tags us when he when you, when you sing, dude. When you sing on Twitter, I love when you tag us in that oh, shit, beautiful. man. I love it. But yeah, I definitely um, can't wait to hear those next week. One email I got was from our buddy Ian Rucker, who, oh, nice. you know, nice. goes by DeRuck, who is actually The Rock, who had his name stolen. <laughs> um, says, I started listening to Halo 2 soundtrack again, and oh my lord, is it amazing. Marty was such a genius. The whole soundtrack is gorgeous, but Breaking the Covenant and Gene Song, of course, mm. and of course the Halo 2 theme, and I can't leave out Follow in Flight are my absolute favorites. I'm pretty sure, isn't Breaking the Covenant, isn't that the one that... Uh, that that was done by Misha Mansoor that you don't like. Don't oh, that might have been. Was, I don't know. I'm kind of gonna. I'm gonna. Look I thought that was a new right one. Now. Yeah, I'm gonna. See. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, dude, there are so many iconic ones in that that it's just. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Let me see. He goes on to say, as you looked that up, Josh says, uh, the mix of guitar and class. Is that? Breaking uh, the I'm looking. What's I'm it looking. Called? Uh, it is breaking the covenant. I don't know. It just it has all these different names on Spotify. Yeah. Unless they rename the original, unless the original track was also called that, but Brian, yeah, does this make one- you? Does this make you want to like, like, do that Peter Parker like hair flip? Uh, I just want to put my head through a wall. Yeah, dude, I so want to like drop kick, front drop kick a door down right yeah. now. Yeah, but no, Christ. that's Josh isn't a big fan of those ones that came back for the Halo Two anniversary, but I love them, so I, I hear you, man. Nothing's wrong uh, with just- those though; they're good. They're yeah, they're just they're just more contemporary and it's less like Brian's like Halo a lot of you guys are like Kill Switch Engage. I'm like Spice Girls. You know, there you go. Nothing wrong with go. that. So, yeah, uh, he continues on to say the mix of guitar and classical instruments just work to perfection on these two. I've really been finding a lot of comfort and relaxing uh, comfort and relaxation during work listening to Halo soundtracks. Josh can speak to that. I know you do that, too. Josh. Oh, yeah. Uh, they all are amazing. Um, they help me get through the hot days working outside as a surveyor. Keep fighting the good Shit. fight, boys, and love the show. Signed to Ruck. Man, thank Ruck, you so thank much, you. Man. I love, I, man, I, I'm so addicted to hearing you guys, like, what you guys do and when you guys listen oh, to Oh, yeah, dude, shit. it's really cool. It's really unique. Boy, that does so much for out. my theater of the mind. I love it. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I agree, dude. Uh, when, before Brian and I started this, when that Halo 3, like, that story we told again and again where, like, the, the Halo 3 anniversary came out and everything, I was at work listening that night uh, September 25th, yeah. I was at work that night, and I was listening to the Halo 2 soundtrack, and I was thinking past tense of, like, all these LAN parties I've done. I'm yeah. reliving that all in my head. I'm, I'm getting nostalgic. 
and I'm only being able to bounce off myself. And then Brian and I end up talking the next day and then Brian starts doing blogs and goes from there. But like, I, I hear you, dude, those, they take you to a place. They really do. Yeah. No, those soundtracks are something that we're never, they're never, our whole lives up to the, whether we live to be 50, 70, 90, we're going to remember those soundtracks. Hell yeah. Part of our childhood or part of like, uh, I'll get Alzheimer's and then I'll hear uh, Covenant dance. Oh, what's be, that music? Yeah. Ah! Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, uh, Brian, is our land party still on for Saturday? Meanwhile, like Brian's Brian's still out of state and everything like that, and we haven't done a land party in like twenty years. <laughs> I'd be like, Josh, remember when we did that podcast, uh, Holy Icon? Uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian, it was it was it was Sacred Icon. You did, you did what? Uh, what? Sacred? Sacred? Oh, Sacred Holy? No, no, it was Sacred what Icon. What the fuck's Brian. a podcast? Uh, in my life back in my day all we had was cassette tapes jesus christ <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh our second and last email for the show is from our buddy timberland bear give me a little tune for timberland that bear, timberland bear i thought i was scared then i saw timberland bear <laughs> brian was mouthing it i love it <laughs> yeah sometimes i mouth it and nobody knows what's going on until josh tells y'all yeah <laughs> uh next we got yeah so he says hey guys it's me again phil hey, buddy man this last podcast I listened to struck a chord in my soul. It hit me deep. I don't even know where to start. Ha ha. So basically, it was episode 42 with 30 minutes of late night gaming and you guys and Haruspis again. Oh, okay. You guys started talking to Haruspis about the lore and how excited you were after the first campaign reveal. I literally got lost on the episode because it had this feeling of sitting around a campfire just talking to you guys. I literally felt like I was there with you and completely forgot I was at work. That's our goal, buddy. Um, got him! I 100% wanted to be there in that conversation, sitting in the room just chilling with you guys. It was like one of those peaceful late nights when you had a party or something and everyone had left except one or two friends. I know that feeling. That's cool. I could keep trying to explain it, but I think you understand what I mean. I do. And man, I haven't had a moment like that in years. This is why I appreciate your podcast. These are just There are just these moments that are just so good, it's hard to put into words. You guys are definitely keeping it sacred. <laughs> I love that. Shit. I love the emphasis. <laughs> I know. You guys are definitely keeping this sacred. I almost sent you an email about my views on all this Halo Infinite news people are going nuts about, but there's been enough of that, I think. Haha. <laughs> I'm glad I listened to episode 42, and I'm glad I'm sending this one instead. One day I hope I get the opportunity to chat with you guys and Haruspis, because that would be amazing. The dude really is the Bob Ross of Halo, and a really cool laid-back guy. Yeah. The more I type, the more I think about how enjoyable it would be to be sitting at a campfire with you guys just having a laid-back conversation. So I'll go ahead and end it there. Appreciate you guys, Timberland Bear. Hey, buddy, are we eating that Halo Hormel chili over that hot fire, man? I mean... Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With some sacred marshmallows? Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> some uh, sacred mellows? Yeah, dude. No, I, I love when Singing we get... some sacred uh, songs? It feels so good when we get emails talking about old episodes because people are going back through the podcast yeah, and listening yeah. because it's like it's like we get it's almost like feels like we get like free residual like praise because those <laughs> episodes are so far behind us we don't even like acknowledge sometimes them. don't even remember what we said on those yeah, yeah. so then no now it's just like it's cool to get like free extra points on some old it's like it's like retaining <laughs> yeah. it's like getting like a, it's like the the cast of friends like getting residual money on their like on episodes that are airing on yeah. TV, like even yeah. after the show's ended, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's but like someone playing off our safe game or something like that. I don't know. It's really yeah, feels feels good. Thank you, dude. Uh, yeah, man, I know that feeling so much. You know, part of the reason that made campfire talking about Halo. Part of the reason that made this so much fun for me on the on my own personal side in the beginning. I mean, even now, but especially just when we were starting doing the podcast, buddy. Uh, was that 
you know, as amazing as every other podcast is, because every one of them is different. And I think that's the beautiful thing is you don't have a lot of like crossover, which is good. So each one has its own unique appeal if you're looking for, you know, something specific. But what I was looking for prior to us doing that was just something that was really nostalgic centric, you know, less on like modern news, but still had some of that, but also had a huge focus on just nostalgic deucing and stuff. And, and, And I'm someone who's like, since I'm, I would get so pulled into Brian's conversations, I was like, "Well, I need it in Brian the way Brian does it, <laughs> you know." So, in the conver- the way I have the conversations with Brian, like that's what I'm looking for. It was very specific what I was looking for. Um, so, again, other podcasts are doing amazing stuff, but I was just I, I, I wanted that, and it wasn't really what I wanted wasn't really there. And then Brian ended up doing that, and now we're in this really awesome place of like, you know. We didn't. We we started to be a Halo podcast because we love Halo. So we're not an infinite podcast, but there's all that news. So it's an exciting time to talk about the news, but then also have those random like episodes like ODST and stuff, where the story of Halo Five Guardians and just really get nostalgic and and where you can just really like get lost in your mind's eye and just go back and and be there. And um, I'm happy to know we offer that. That is a uh, incredibly rewarding to hear stuff like that, especially when it's on old episodes. Because we didn't, you know, some of those we didn't have the audience uh, that we do now and stuff like that. So it's yeah. all the more better to, to and reassuring to hear that stuff. It and to really know that people that are listening, somebody who's going back and listening to it to it now, they were nowhere they were nowhere near us when we recorded it. Yeah. they weren't in the community yet, yeah. and they get to go back and experience it. So yeah. it's super cool. Means a lot. Please don't stop telling us that stuff. That really means so much. Yeah, we love hearing from you, Timberland Bear. Yeah, love you. Um, going into the business real quick, guys, patreon.com slash sacred icon is a place you can support us monetarily. We have several different tiers there where you can get shouted out on the podcast. You can get a t-shirt. You can be on the podcast with us even. Go check that out. That's uh, at sacred icon, uh, patron.com slash sacred icon. Um, we have <laughs> like, we'll start with the end of yeah, the, like the URL and then go back to the beginning. That was, that was good. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a new style. Um, if you guys want to send us, uh, you know, an email or just about the episode or a question or anything, um, maybe a voice clip or a gameplay gameplay clip for us to commentate. We've been we have been pretty rough at being able to get to those recently, so maybe that's not the best time to send one. But you can totally send one, and maybe we will. Uh, we appreciate it, guys. That's yeah. uh, send us an email to Sacred Icon Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is at Jurassic Joshy because oh. he loves Jurassic Park so much. I am at Brian's Bane because you don't want to face my Bane. It's horrible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I made that up. And if, as always, guys, you can find us on Twitter at Sacred Icon Pod. If you want to join our Discord, there is a link up there at the top. Everyone's invited. We love you guys. Boom. Um, if you Brian, want to give, me, buy some, give me a boomer. Give me a boomer from uh, Gears of War. Boom. A bo- uh, boom. I don't know. It wasn't very good. Okay. <laughs> no, it was good. I like uh, That's it. not my thing. I liked it. Sorry. Um, but we got an Etsy shop. If you guys want to buy like T-shirts or keychains or anything from Sacred Icon related some merchandise, that's totally there. Josh, I feel like oh yeah, the YouTube. Don't forget the YouTube. We got our <laughs> buddy Joe Smalley who is editing our videos. Oh my god, such a Joe! Great job. I'm in love with it, your style, dude. Just it's oh, so don't good. Don't change anything. Don't amazing. change, and you, you just put your own flavor into it. And I'm like, man, it, you know, we don't we don't have that between the two of us. And you put that in there, and it's like yeah. it's just amazing. I love. Yeah, it. your your third part added to the video completes the experience of the video. Yeah, and I, that means a lot, man, for you for you doing that stuff. I like that you get to yeah. have your own identity in there too. I mean, that, that's so cool to yeah. see on the viewer side of it. Yeah, I we love, love you, Joe. Love you, so you Joe. Keep doing what you're doing. 
Uh, yeah, but if you want to check out our YouTube stuff, that's youtube.com slash sacred icon. I think that's all the business, Josh. Have I forgot anything? I don't think so. Leave a review on iTunes. You didn't give us a review. No, yet, I was about Josh. to say that, yeah. What were you thinking? No, it's like, Brian, you got too far ahead of me. It has nothing to do with me. That's exactly what happened, but I wasn't going to have that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you guys want to leave a five-star review on iTunes, definitely do that. Let's hear from a couple people who have done that now. Yeah, so uh, I was at over at my mom's the other day, guys, and uh, funny story, I uh, got my, my little sister, Bianca, she wrote a letter for us. I got it. You can hear it right here. It's an actual physical letter, which is so cool. I love letters. This and, is a paper uh, iTunes review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's five stars. It's five stars. So this was this is really cool. And also, Brian, she gave uh, she made some pictures of us, like fan art, and I'll, I'll show you. After, I'll show you afterward. That's really, cool. really cool of her to do that. So if you're listening, sis, that those are amazing. Um, she says, "Dear Sacred Icon, I know I'm way behind on your episodes involving the amazing podcast, but I just wanted to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the podcast and even you both taking the time to make these episodes." You both have given a lot to me to the point I would like to start my very own podcast. I adore the fact that you men have fun with what you do and don't let anything stop you from being your true selves. Whenever I'm alone and in a dark place, I put on the podcast and laugh my worries away. Especially the Christmas and Halloween episodes. She loves those. She was telling me. I didn't even know your. I didn't know she listened to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I didn't know until she told me about this, and she was telling me how much she listens to the Christmas and Halloween ones, and I was. She was like, she's like the Halloween one is my favorite one, and I was like, oh, we got we gotta do a new one. I was yeah, hell yeah, dude. I was gonna say, um, okay, but she goes on to say, um, I know you've probably been told stuff like this before, and I apologize for this. Don't apologize, sis. But wanted you both to know that you've helped me with a lot of things, such as being myself new inspiration, and even slowly moving out of my comfort zone so that people see the real me, just like you both are comfortable being yourselves around each other. I hope you like the art. Sorry I'm not that good. Sis, it's amazing. I'm showing Brian after the show. She said, well, it's time for me to stop writing because I go on and on about how much you've helped me, but I think I've said enough, so keep calm and halo on. So, mm, Bianca, thank you. That's awesome. So I love that. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah. That is honestly really sweet. Thank you so much for doing that. I love that it's on paper. It's tangible. I know. That it's means so, so much. It, it has so much more meaning in a lot <laughs> yeah. of ways because of that. So, wow. yeah. That's so cool. I love yeah. And it's crazy, you know, because I remember, like, I think my dad listened to the Halloween and Christmas episode oh, because he doesn't awesome. know anything about Halo or care about Halo. But that's why I wanted uh, to so do those. I'm glad. I'm it's really cool to do those. those. Yeah. We'll yeah. definitely do a Halloween and, and a Christmas one, may, hopefully a Thanksgiving one. We'll yeah. I, I told her, I said, uh, we, we did like a 37 minute, like, just little sample thing recorded because she was wanting to see how anchor worked and i was showing her that and we were talking about the saw movies which she loves and i was like you know i, you know, I was thinking like i gotta do like an oh my gosh josh thing with her just talking about those or something like that because it's just it's really really cool yeah so that'd be cool man. getting getting to, cool. getting to people getting to let people hear more of our family and stuff like that like we've had creighton on the show who i yeah. miss and uh yeah i got to hear uh, brian's dad paul voice uh recently which was really cool because i haven't seen him since the wedding so yeah, really cool stuff. But Bianca, uh, so proud of you, and uh, this was amazing. All this you wrote. Thank and, you so much. Yeah, in in the art, that so proud of you, and I can't wait to hear your podcast. This I want to be on it. I hope I can be on. I'd be Do so it. honored. Anchor's the easiest way to make a podcast. Yeah, it you is. You can start right now by just <laughs> going to anchor.fm. <laughs> Brian, giving you the ad spiel, but yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. I love you. Oh, and then uh, yes, so you we can got earn money with no minimum. Oh my god. So um. So, dude, we got another Apple Pod review. Like, I didn't, like, I just saw this as I went to Oh, okay. We got an extra one, too, which is just, you guys have been sending. Can you save the, save the review that is going to require the most energy out of us? (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, I've told Brian vaguely about some of these, as he kind of vaguely tells me about the ones he gets, and then we kind of, like, get to get to experience it for the first time on either side of the table. So, it's pretty fun. Um, This one is, I'll go with the recent back to the the oldest one. This one is um, from Amber0777. It says, great podcast. 
I wanted to find a new Halo podcast to listen to, and this one provides all that and more. It's well-balanced, and the discussions are relatable for my age. This podcast is definitely worth listening to. Great content. Oh, thank that you so much. Awesome. Amber, you said? Yeah, Amber is real. I think, I, think I might have talked to her on Twitter briefly. I think she's in her Discord. Oh, awesome. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that means so much to hear, like, well-balanced um, and the, you know, just yeah. relatable discussions and stuff like that. I think, I think I'm pretty sure it's her because she mentioned, like, for her age because it's like, yeah, like, because for our age group, like, we kind of see things differently than, you know, people who are, you know, if you're if you're a teenager or, like, just turned 20 uh, and a Halo fan, you probably have a different perspective than we do. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. No, that, that means so much. Thank you for that. Because just getting to hear that stuff really helps paint a better picture of uh, what it's like on the listener side of things for yeah. this content. It really helps, really helps so much. Uh, the next one we have is from, I might be, I think, I, I don't know if it was supposed to be frequent user, but it's spelled frequent user. Uh, but uh, it says, geez, nuts. <laughs> That's the first thing it says. You see it right there. Well, you kind of, wow. you kind of can't see it. But anyway, it says, no, but seriously, these guys are chicken noodle soup for the Halo soul. They are oh, real. Yeah. yeah. They are real, genuine, and care about Halo as much as you do. Every listen feels like I'm sitting with my best friends. It's like we live through the same Halo experiences and pop culture experiences. The Sacred Boys are awesome and great, humble people. Keep it sacred. I love it. Oh, man. I love it. Thank That's, you so much. The more we hear you guys, you guys are buttering us up with all this talk about how it feels like you guys are, you know, sitting with friends and, and reminiscing yeah. and all that. I love it, though. That's what, you know, I've always, you know, what we've always said, like, yeah. uh, want it to be like uh, perpetually hanging out in the mid 2000s halo it's like an audio times. lamp like, party yeah like this is this is the you know the podcast is when you get done doing the lamp party and it's late at night and you go out and you have a campfire in the backyard and you talk you know that's, yep. that's what we're doing yeah yeah well said brian well said thank you so much thank for you that. so much damn getting, oh man just get buttered one. up now this next one josh before we no, do the thing we got we got two, oh. another one before that so we okay, got this okay, one okay. and then the last one all right. So. The last one, though, we need to tell people to prepare themselves. Before <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this one is from Pavium. Uh, it says, old, uh, I can't read it all. It, lo- it looks like it cuts it off on mine, but it says, old listener giving the credit. I think it says deserved. Um, if I'm misphrasing that, uh, sorry about that. But it says, if you like all things Halo and don't have anyone to talk to about, just stop in and listen to these two. It'll make you miss the good old days. I've been a longtime listener, but haven't left the review of anything. So it's about time to pay them the credit that they deserve. Keep up the good work, fellas. And you keep me excited about Halo while I listen to you at work and at the house. Hope to join the Discord and everything else soon. Um, I might, and I might be misspelling or mispronouncing this. I think it's S2 Reese signing off. Oh, man. That's awesome. That's another one that's just yeah. amazing. Oh, my I really goodness. appreciate it. I'm so, it's crazy. We're getting so, there used to be a time where like we'd ask for reviews and we'd get none. And now we just got... A, how many total reviews do we have? Uh, this was four for the Apple Pod. Well, I meant total of all. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to really I feel like it's like count. fifteen or so. Yeah, I mean it. It is tough. I, 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 any you know, a lot of podcasts I listen to. Um, well, and I listen to a lot. Um, they're kind of all over the place. Some get a lot. Some don't get many. And I feel like each time we've recorded, or each time it comes around that time, I see a new Apple Pod review. So, guys, please keep dropping those if you haven't. If you thought about it, um, we're gonna read them off. We're gonna shower you in compliments. It means so much. And uh, thank you for the ones that have. I mean. Uh, we got one more to go through still, but it's just okay. so, so amazing. Yeah. Let's hear this next uh, one. Josh. I'm going to read Let's this, and then, yeah. So, okay. This is from Kevin He's Benson. He's going to read it, and then we're going to give you a warning. Yeah. Kevin Benson says, ah! I recently listened to an episode where you guys said you'd shout out the iTunes reviews. Here we are. Also stating you guys would say anything we asked. Here we are. 
So I'd like either Brian or Josh to do a blood-curdling scream for no particular reason. I'm a big fan of you guys. Love all the work you do. You guys definitely make work go by quicker. So I thank you for that. Keep it sacred. Okay, so are we both going to do it at separate times or what? Oh, man. Yeah, why don't you give me your... I'll give you mine because I can't go super loud, but I'll, I'll give you one for you. Okay, you, well, Kevin, I, cause luckily one. Erica's not home, so I can go super loud. Oh, My dog hell might yeah. move it. Hell but yeah. Well, you guys I'm might want to adjust the volume a little bit here. Here we go. Yeah, so, okay, guys. So if we're going to... Josh is going to go first. Blood curdling scream here, so prepare your ears. Okay. <laughs> Damn, that came in hot. Yeah. that's. I don't know. That's how... Yeah, that's how I feel when uh, I go back into the the fridge and there's no more pizza left. <laughs> I feel like I should do like a Steve Downs like dying like. <laughs> no, but I'll do I'll do a real one. I'll do a real one. Okay, I'll pretend like I'm getting stabbed to death or something here. Yeah, <laughs> you paint a picture. Um, <laughs> well, that was amazing, but it sounded very satisfying at the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it was supposed to be like my last breath. What the very I end? Let out. At the very end, you're like ah, and then you're like ah, like oh, is that <laughs> we're gravy. Oh shit! Oh, Kevin, thank you okay. for that. Yeah, that was good, Kevin. That I like good. that. Oh, Keep shit. being creative like that, guy. Yes. I love that. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Bianca, okay, for the letter. Thank you so much, guys, for the Apple Pod reviews. Oh, oh. it was also amazing. Yes, my love throat you. now is like ah, burning. <laughs> uh, this is okay, why Josh. we do it. I'm not going to make a habit of this because I don't feel like I can do it this good twice. But okay. since we're coming up on two hours, how about I start from the beginning and do my patron story oh, thing oh where I list them off again? Yeah, yeah, Josh, yeah. You, you be my supporter and my background person here. I can't promise it's going to be good, guys. I got 57 of you to fit into a story, but here it goes. <laughs> I got you. So one day, Kevin Benson was walking down the street and he saw Owen, the Lego king, building a Lego castle. And Jacob Churchill said, you can't do that next to my church. You don't have the permits. But out of nowhere, Hooli said, Jacob, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't let my boy build the Lego castle. Mm -hmm. And then Jake Hibschman came in and said, I go to church here. I'd really not appreciate it if there was a Lego freaking castle right next to my church. But then Menadeus, 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 Menadeus came in and started playing the song and everyone got really calm. So they agreed they would tear down the church and build a church of Legos because then it would be a fair compromise. So then pretty soon, Shin Revel showed up and said, I need Jesus. I'm here at the Lego temple. So then they walks into the Lego temple or the Lego church, I should say, and he sees on the pyre in the center, dying, it's Irish Phoenix. But then he's reborn from the ashes, and people go, man, I'm sure glad you're a phoenix and not a shark, a lame shark, to be specific. <laughs> but then the dab comes in and says, have y'all at church while worshiping ever done the dab? Well, you should try the dab. So he shows everyone at church how to do the dab. But then Timberland Bear comes in and says, I'm preaching today, guys. The pastor's sick. And I'm taking over, so it's going to be me. So Timberland Bear starts preaching in the Lego church to not only Kevin Benson, but another Kevin that he loves, Kevin Nelson. They are the elders of the church, the Kevin brothers. (laughs) And then before you know it, Kevin Nelson says, I've brought my friend B-Dog. He has a demon 256 in him. Can you please excise him? So then before you know it, Timberland Bear gets his buddy Eric Milligan to hold down B-Dog to excise the demon. And Natsumi <laughs> said, and then Natsumi comes in and says, you know what? 
why don't we just go somewhere calm and just be friends and just talk? And maybe we can get through this without any kind of exorcismic type activity. And they all agree that that's a pretty good idea. So Jared Hartley pulls up in his limousine and everyone gets out of the Lego church and into Jared Hartley's limousine. And they take that limousine way past the land of lurker crabs. It's an unhealthy place full of disease. Oh my God. But once they get past there, once they get past the lurker crabs, they've been on a trip so long in their limousine that it's now dark outside. And that's when Jared Hartley looks out his window and he goes, I'm a spaceman rocket ship and now I spread <laughs> And then suddenly, small print TV shows up and says, I should make a video out of this. This is great on Sacred Icon's channel. So he takes a video of everyone in the limousine just partying as they're going through the Lurker Crab place and they're singing the Spacebound song. And then Aaron said, wait a minute, guys, I'm the moderator here. I should have got ahead of this exorcism Lego shit earlier, (laughs) but I really wasn't doing my job. So I'm going to try to step it up and be better now. But then that's when Cameron 88 says, we all make mistakes sometimes. It's okay, okay, Aaron. It's okay. So to feel better... To feel better, they all pull over to the side uh, where there's a stadium, a football stadium, and they, they go and they root for their favorite football player, Colton Pitt. <laughs> but that's when Timberland Bear says, you know what, I'm kind of famished, I, I need something to eat, so I'm going to I'm gonna get out of the stand, stadium, and I'm going to go down the street to a restaurant, I'm going to get some of my favorite food. And that's when Timberland Bear shouted out, yum, catfish, my favorite. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My favorite. But while he's at this restaurant that's down the street from the stadium, he runs into his buddy Rodan. And Rodan says, can I buy you a beer? And Timberland Bear says, no, I don't drink. But thanks anyways. (laughs) So then pretty soon, Rodan says, well, can I do something different for you since you don't want a a, a beer? Maybe I could butter your waffles for you. And and Timberland Bear says, you know what? I like like that. You know, butter Waffles are pretty good. Go ahead and butter my waffles. (laughs) But that's when Timberland Bear said, you know what? I have to go do something. I can't be here right now, but I'm going to let my stand-in come in and take my place in the Roland Brian story. So here's my other buddy, the Big Bold Palm Bear. He's going to stand in for the Timberland Bear. And Rodin says, can I buy you a drink? And Big Bold Palm Bear says, you can buy me 10. I love beer. (laughs) And that's when suddenly Nerva decides to show up in a monster truck, and he rolls over top of the restaurant, killing everyone inside. Oh, my God. But then they spawn back at the stadium, and suddenly it's a haunted stadium. It's a haunted stadium full of ghosts. And this is where Anthony, uh, ACDC Outlaw, says this would be great for like a zombie DC film, you know, that <laughs> Zack Snyder would do. Oh, yeah. And, and then suddenly Caleb Webster's like, you know, yeah, I think we could do that. I'll score the movie. I'll score with the music. <laughs> so then after that, they get to this pivotal moment in the story where... They're, the ghosts are filling up the stadium, and suddenly someone walks in who's a Ghostbuster. And this Ghostbuster's name is Chris Greco, me Greco. Have you seen my Greco, Chris Greco? One more time. And that's when that's when Caleb Webster said one more time, but actually it was Josh. <laughs> and that's when Brian had to say, it's Chris Greco, me Greco, Neko, have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. So Chris Greco was there to excise, or not excise, ghost bust these demons, if you will. But then Tony's there sitting on a bench, and Tony's like, I want to leave my voice clip for Brian and Josh. I'm going to do that over here on the stadium bench. But then that's when Nicholas Terry said, I know I'm busy leading a cereal factory, but I don't understand, Tony, why you need to leave a voice clip for Brian and Josh when they're sitting right next to you. I think they can hear you without you recording it. And then Tony says, wow, that's a dick move. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch my favorite movie. It's a sequel to Pixels. It's called Pixel Freaks. But 
The thing that sucks about my house is that it has no roof. It has no ceiling. So I'm first going to go get my buddy Airy0430 to cover up with his mustache the entirety of my house so that the rain doesn't get on me. Thank you very much. For, thank you so much for that Airy0430. <laughs> <laughs> but next, coming out of nowhere, it's Montana Menace with his best friend George Lucas. And George Lucas says, well, I, I think we could hire Alex Diaz to, to make a movie about Montana. And Montana Menace says, you know, that's a great idea. But... The truth is, George Lucas, I wasn't actually here to help you make a movie. The truth is, I was here to steal your script to the actual Star Wars Episode Seven. And you know how I'm going to steal it? This whole time I've been talking to you, fucking Ouija has been in your pockets, and now he's oh, away. Oh, shit! So fucking Ouija takes off, George Lucas tries to chase him, but he can't run anywhere near as fast. So that's when George Lucas stops in to uh, the, the cereal factory to employ his favorite brand of cereal, Podio's. To energize him. So once George Lucas is powered up on Codios, he runs way past the stadium with all the ghosts and all that shenanigans and is trying to catch fucking Ouija. When out of nowhere, George Lucas is foiled by Joshy Big Boy. He says, Stop. You already sold the rights to Disney. We're not making this movie. He says, Damn, that hurts. I wish I wish that wasn't the truth. But then Ryan Barca comes in and says, I'm getting married. And everyone says, that's not relevant <laughs> oh, to the story at all. That's, so that's not relevant to the story at all. Why did you say that? And Ryan just said, I'm just really happy about it. I think it'll be great. We're having a NASCAR Thunder 2003-themed wedding. It's going to be special. It will. And then Dustin Madre said, am I invited? And then Ryan Barger says, of course you are, because every time I say your name, it makes me feel happy. And Dustin Madre says, oh, you mean Dustin Madre. And that's when suddenly... Anthony Nicolosi of KO Koala Entertainment fame says, you know, this story is quite intriguing. I think I'm going to make an indie game out of it. It's an indie game where there's a stadium, a football stadium, and there's ghosts, and there's George Lucas, and there's just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. A monster truck running over the top of a bar. This is a lot. I, I just, I think this is going to have to be an indie game. And then Corey Hanks says, well, if that's the story for your video game, I think it would kind of suck. I'm going to give it a low <laughs> score. And then suddenly Prey was like, wow, I'm not surprised. As a moderator, I know Corey Hanks. He likes to speak his mind. I'm not surprised that he would say that game sucks. And then Brent, and then Brent Onimo comes in and says, do you guys know I have a podcast? And everyone looks back at him and we're like, dude, we're talking about this indie game right now. And he's like, it's called Oni Nightwire. <laughs> hell like, yeah, hell yeah. Prey's like, oh yeah, I, I know that. Thank you. Thank you so much. But the one thing that we'll use for a power-up in this video game that will maybe make Corey Hanks like it more is protein jugs. It's not going to be mushrooms. It's not going to be any kind of power-up like that. It's going to be when you get to the end of the level, you're low on health, suddenly it pops up out of nowhere. It's like, we got some protein jugs. Protein jugs. That's going to be very helpful. But then you get to the final boss of the game, and I have to make him a very tough boss because in the last story I told, I made him a little bitch that got beat up. It's MH Cosplay dropping through the ceiling. He's the <laughs> final boss of the game. He's kicking everyone's ass. He's unstoppable. Boom! The help bar so appears suddenly, like something out of Dark Souls. Absolutely. It's an enemy vanquished. You're not going to see it today. Suddenly they're like, we need to employ somebody really smart to think of a plan to take care of MH Cosplay. So they get Genesis. Genesis is going to come up with a plan. He's a genius. And Genesis says, well... Since our, our quarterback, uh, that I don't remember his name, got crushed in the restaurant earlier, I'm going to employ Ian Big Dog Mills to try to take out MH Cosplay because he just looks like a dude who could who could put somebody down. He looks like a tough guy. Hell yeah. And that's when, that's when Photon said, I can't really offer anything except good laughs. And Ian said, you know, I'm going to need that to get through this battle. Oh. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Then Kay and Nick said, you know what? There's a lot of quality going on here in this story, Brian. Keep it up. It's almost over. <laughs> And before you know it, before you know it, Trevor Polkey summons his army of females 
to cat <laughs> MH cosplay. And and since there's so many women, you know, there's no way MH cosplay is going to stand a chance. And MH cosplay is like, well, having a bunch of women come at me doesn't sound like the worst thing I've heard all day. <laughs> and it's like, that's not the goal. They're going to beat your ass. So then they all go there, and there's so many women surrounding MH cosplay that he suffocates, and that's the end of his story, which is very sad. Aww. So then we go back to the Lego chapel from the beginning of the story, and the Shipleys read off their eulogy about MH cosplay oh <laughs> and all the great times, and they bury him with a can of chili just, to, just for feel-good's sake. And then at the most inappropriate time out of anywhere, right in the middle of this funeral, suddenly over loudspeakers, music starts to play, and they go... It's the storm! <laughs> the storm walks into the funeral acting like everything's so great and everything's fine. It's like, dude, this is not the time. So they get pissed at him and they throw glass shards on the ground <laughs> to cut Dust Storm's feet. But ultimately, at the end of the story that made absolutely no sense, the one thing that held true was that he was the man that knew it needed more. He's Matthew Salvatore. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that that's was one amazing. way to get through. That was that's one way to get through our patrons, guys. I am not going to make a habit of doing that because I think the first one was a lot better. That took a lot of Are work. Are you kidding? That I was could definitely get frustrated. Listen to that crowd, Brian. Listen. I know. I Give it up for Brian, everyone. Is that Timberland Bear in the back? I oh see my him God, here. Thank you so much, bro. You were so good in that story. Thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, guys, we just we're running over two hours here about. And we want to get through that quick, so I thought I'd do that for you one more time. Josh, you should try it sometime. You think yeah. you could do it, Josh? No. Or, or, no? <laughs> Josh, like, I don't want to be put up to that. Dude, Brian, all aces, baby. Five out of five Ooh, stars. I man, love it. My mouth is salivating. I had so much to say there. Oh, my God. That was brilliant. Uh, but, guys, that's another episode. This one was much different. I know we covered a slew of things other than just Halo, but there was a lot to talk about. I think you guys will enjoy it. I had a blast. Uh, I'm glad we could Great catch up. Back. Uh, it is. It does feel so good to be back, Josh. I'm going to go get me some food after this. I am hungry. I am famished. My mom made uh, me guys, some cookies yesterday. You. I'm about to eat all of them. Mm, mm. I hope you guys disappear like the food Could I eat those I cookies that mama made? What's a cookie you wouldn't eat if your mom made it? What's a cookie you wouldn't mm. eat? Uh, oh, if my mom made it, I'm, I'm going to say yes to everyone. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little extra something, something here on the end. Okay. Some people might not like this, but some people <clears> might think it's funny. Okay. Sometimes at work, I'll ask somebody a random stupid question to just see what their response is. I'm going to ask you the question, Josh. All right. All right. If there was a thousand foot long chocolate fountain, and I, I know, you have, I guess I've already asked you this question, but nobody else has heard it on the air. And it also is a hundred foot the first time I said a thousand foot fountain. Okay. Thousand foot chocolate <clears throat> fountain. You're at the end of one side of the chocolate fountain mm -hmm. and you're eating the chocolate straight out of this fountain. Okay. And then all the way a thousand foot upstream, Corey Hanks takes a shit in the chocolate fountain. Mm-hmm. How long do you feel comfortable eating from that chocolate fountain after he's shitting it? It's got a thousand foot to travel. Nineteen. It's seconds. moving at a very high sp speed though. It's, it's it's flowing like a river. Yeah, nineteen seconds. Nineteen seconds. Mm -hmm. That's how long it's safe. Yeah. Did you do math to figure that out, or no, just no? I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like it's such an odd number to pick. You get <laughs> to like eighteen, nineteen. Okay. You're gonna hate it when you get to seventeen seconds and you taste a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I was so close. Oh, but guys, I hope you enjoyed that little extra question and it wasn't too crude for you. Uh, we're just goofy. We're excited. Brian cracks up. I podcast. wish you guys could hear that stuff sometimes when he talks to me when he's at work. Oh, I have so many more. He's at, yeah. So many it, more. Oh, my God. But, they're so good. But, guys, I hope you enjoyed this Sacred Saturday. We're so glad you could be here on this episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred.